Pick up the high. Friday Inclex review. They messed up now. They go to Black Friday and we are here representing. I am so happy to finally be at this day with you, with you, because we are, no matter what the holiday season brings, we're eating this nursing content. And so that's what we will be doing today. Hi, everyone. My name is Regina Callion, MSNRN. This is a free four hour Inclex review for you. And I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. I got to tell you, the entire purpose of this experience right here is for somebody to be able to leave here and understand I'm doing what I need to be doing to get my nursing license. There are many people that are in Walmart, Dollar General, Target, buying TVs and air fryers and all kinds of things but nothing is more important than having your nursing license. So when you leave here, my goal is for you to get into the V2. Right now, that is my full NCLEX review program. Also, not only are we doing this free NCLEX review, but every hour we will be giving $500 away via Cash App. So you gotta like the channel, you gotta subscribe to the channel. All right, whether you're watching from Facebook or YouTube, and I might just throw in a little look who's sharing, all right? Look and see who's sharing also in order to win. $500 can take you a long way in this economy. So let's do what we need to do right now. For today's class, everyone, we will be covering the following subjects. And these are not just random subjects. If you have the Black Friday workbook, this is what we will be filling out. So if you are at home, if you're at work, you need to get this workbook because we are gonna be filling out this thing today. And here are the topics everywhere. Let me know where you're watching from. This is a global event. Woo, I'm ready, I'm ready too. So we're gonna go over age-specific nursing care, changes in aging. You have your workbook, diet, basic care and comfort, medication administration, antibiotics, and then I have some questions for Quick Fox. Now, this program is subject to change at any moment. <laughs> you know how it is. But um, we will be watching the videos right from the V2. So I'm going to take you inside of the V2. So those of you who have this course or those of you who will get this course, you will understand how you are supposed to use it. The videos are going to come right after. And what you're going to like about this is after we do the videos, I'm going to challenge you. So if I'm doing a general orientation in your workbook, you have this page right here. Let me get to it. You have like this page right here, page eight. Okay. And it literally just says NCLEX content quiz. So after we watch a video, I'm going to give you questions and you are going to write down the answers from the challenge that I give you. And this is going to help you to understand if what I've watched, I truly understand that content. I'm able to critically think about it because you're supposed to be doing content plus questions. Okay. So this is a V2 orientation. I know some of you may be taking NCLEX pretty soon after this class. You might want to change that NCLEX date if you are not studying the way we study today. All right. So this is a really great class, everybody. We're going to get into it. 
But again, this is the final day for Black Friday. The sale ends today. All right, guys, so make sure you get in it. And we are giving away everything you need to pass NCLEX. So make sure that you have these elements in your resource house. You have NCLEX content. You have a next-gen question bank. All right. Next-gen question banks are about $169 right now. Two CAT exams. At least do one. I'm going to give you two in the course, but at least do one. All right. So if you're thinking about how much all these things cost, there is a price associated that you have to invest if you want to be successful. It's about a $497 value. But today, Black Friday, you can get 30-day access for the V2 for $49. Okay? And that includes everything plus your books. Or a lot of you, I think most people are doing the 90-day access for $89. I'm telling you this now because... I have people who will miss this opportunity and on Monday they will message me and they'll say, hey, I heard Black Friday was last week. Okay, so I'm being very, very intentional about making sure you guys have what you need. I see I have people from Ohio, from Jamaica, from the Philippines, from Mississippi here right now. Canada is in the house. Are you guys ready for Black Friday? Oh, glory. Let me know you're ready. You got your workbook. You got your, we'll also be going over quick facts. So you have your next gen quick facts. If you don't have these things, guys, this is, these are the tools for you to have your nursing license. There's one more thing. There's one more thing I got to tell you. I can't let it go. Okay. If you need that physical workbook, because it's Black Friday, you already have V2, but you need that physical workbook. Let me tell you, it's just $15. Okay. Today. So it's going to make a difference for most of you guys. I want to, I want to start this class, but you guys know how we get down. There's always one thing that we need to do before we start class. All right. So am I, I'm going to put this, you guys know what it is. If it's your first time joining me, you will come to know how we start everything here. But while you are waiting for that, <laughs> totally says, I'm ready. Let's go. You can get everything that I just mentioned at remarnurse.com. Isha says, I'm already in. I'm already in. All right. Um, and again, this is Black Friday, and we got we got what you need here, all right? All right, class is ready to begin. We are so glad that you are here. You have joined us. My name is Mark Callion. I'm the president here at RemarNurse.com, also the Remar Nurse Chaplain, and I have the honor and distinct um, grace to be Regina's husband uh, and partner. And so one of the things that we love to do here at Remar is to give you our best, and so we hope that you are locked in and focused so that you can get our best. Uh, so we're going to give you the best content, the best questions, the best inspiration, the best motivation, the best testimonials. But most of all, the secret sauce is our relationship with God. So we want to share that best relationship uh, with you by having a word of prayer. So I know that you may be struggling with the NCLEX uh, exam. You may be a repeat test taker. Maybe you have some anxiety, um, you know, and, and fear and things of like that are getting the best of you at times. That's right. We're not having that. And we're not claiming that. Nope. And so what we are doing is claiming victory. And so we're going to start this class off with prayer. And then I'm going to see you at the very end, at the end of this four hour oh, review. Yeah? And we'll have a little talk. All right. Okay. All right, cool. So let's pray. If you're testing Zoom, this prayer is for you. If you're dealing with anything I just spoke about, this prayer is for you. Yes. Let's turn our hearts for, to and, God. And pray, please, so we have no technical difficulties and that we can do this class smoothly. Absolutely. Smoothly. Absolutely. And God's going to work it out, even if there are difficulties. 
it'll be fine. That's true. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. True. He's got just like that. Okay. Just like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Father in heaven, we thank you for um, just the faith to try, the faith to keep going, uh, and the faith to show up. Uh, you've allowed these nurses, Lord, to say, hey, I want more for my nursing career. I don't want to just stay where I am. And so, Lord, uh, you put that desire in their heart and you've given them the energy, the mind, the intelligence, uh, the passion and the commitment to do so. Now, Lord, I ask that you would uh, block any type of stronghold, any type of doubt, any type of unbelief, uh, any type of negative thoughts that they would have that would keep them from achieving their goals. Yes. And Lord, I ask that as they prepare for this NCLEX exam, as they prepare to increase in their nursing career, that you would allow them to increase in direct proportion as they increase their relationship with you. So, Lord, that as they advance, that they would not leave you behind, but that they would understand that that you are their partner, you are their source, you are the one that is carrying them through this journey. And so with this, Lord, we ask in the faith uh, of Christ Jesus, Lord, who died upon a cross for our sins. And Lord, we ask that you would just be continue to be faithful as that good shepherd that you are to watch over your flock, over your children uh, and over the Remar nurses, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. 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 Going into the V2. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much. Also, I want to thank um, my children just quickly. I want to thank my children because I'm not here. Mommy's not here with you guys, but um, I have this calling for Remar nurses. And I just want to, I just want to let my kids know that I know they're watching that I love you so much. And after this class, we're going to get back into playing the games. And I want you guys to thank your families because they may be wanting you to be them. Right. Have to be somewhere else. So I know that if you're here, you're not somewhere else. And I appreciate y'all time. OK. All right. Here we go. So we're going to get into the V2. And in the workbook, the first thing that we see uh, we're going to do is age specific nursing care. So let me find it. Whose course is this age specific nursing care? OK, here we go. H-Pacific Nursing Care. Remember guys, there is a discussion board at the bottom of every video in the V2. You can comment, ask questions, make sure you're talking to your cohorts, your peers, but we're going to get started with this video. Get your workbook out. Hey guys, we are gonna get started with age-specific nursing care. These are the important points that you wanna make sure that you know. Now, during this lecture, I may go back and forth between the word client or patient. I remember they mean the same thing for the exam. No matter what the age of the client, they all have the same rights. And that is the right for safety. privacy, and finally, involvement of family or significant others. And remember, it is the client who determines who their family is, not the nurses or healthcare workers. Let's look at different age groups. Our first age group that we want to talk about is age 1 to 12. The top two nursing concerns for this age group are Number one, medication errors. Remember, pediatric doses are often miscalculated by healthcare workers. Pediatric patients are actually three times more likely to have 
a medication error. The second nursing concern is complications with IVs. Remember, IVs are hard to get into kids. You have to do a lot of distraction, education, and comfort. But once they're in, what do kids want to do with those IV sites? Yes, they want to play with them. They want to touch them. So there is a big risk for infection when it comes to pediatric IVs. Before administering a medication to a pediatric client, you need to ask for their name and birth date. Now, if the patient is too young, is it appropriate for the parents to answer? What do you think? Absolutely, it's okay. The parents can answer. Also, another teaching point is that patients have to be positioned properly before giving medications such as oral pills, oral liquids, or feeding for this age group to prevent aspiration. Separation from the primary caregiver is still the number one fear in the pediatric population. You know, for adults, the number one fear is actually totally unrelated. It's public speaking. My remark tip for this age group is when kids get sick during this period, their behavior tends to regress. And I talked about this before. For example, if a child has um, mastered sleeping through the night without any bathroom breaks, when they're sick, they may have occurrences of bedwetting. The next age group are our teenagers, 13 to 18. The goals of this age group, they are to develop relationships with the opposite sex, also establishing a sexual identity. We have coping with body changes. They have the need to establish independence from their primary caregiver as well. The medication that I want you to know concerning this age group is isotretinoin. Now, this medication is used to combat acne. But there are some NCLEX points when this medication is prescribed for our teenage or adolescent clients. This medication will elevate the triglycerides. Also, if a patient is on this medication and they're sexually active, two forms of birth control need to be used because severe birth defects can result. With isotretinin, you can't take this medication with vitamin A because it is already inside of the medication. And this can be very scary for our teenage clients, but once you begin taking this medication, in the beginning, you will have an inflammation of the eyes, the mouth, and the face. But don't worry, this is normal. Our clients could think that the medication is making their acne worse, but actually this is the process by which the medication begins to work. The psych priority in this age group is depression. Actually, adolescent clients are at a risk for suicide. It is a prevalent cause of death in this age group. The next age group are our young adults, 19 to 40 years old. 
a, a goal for this age group is to number one, resolve issues from adolescence, and two, when they are sick, rearranging responsibilities of work, child rearing, etc. The next age group are our 40 to 60 year olds. The number one concern for this age group is to identify diseases based on risk factors. Yes, this is super important for our adults. Hypertension and hyperlipidemia are often diagnosed in the hospital, even if the client is there for other reasons. So uh, a 35-year-old male may come in for symptoms of the flu, and while they're there, they get blood work done and they find out that they have high cholesterol or that they're pre-diabetic. So it's very important for this age group to understand risk factors and registered nurses to do a lot of education. Now, with community health nursing, there are three levels of prevention that you want to know about, and we will go over here, primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. Now, the goal of primary prevention is to keep healthy people healthy. We want to prevent them from getting any kind of disease or illness. Our primary prevention techniques are immunization, accident prevention, and clean environments or sanitation. Again, the goal is to keep individuals healthy. Now with secondary prevention, we are focused on early recognition of a disease and treatment to combat that disease. So our secondary prevention techniques are medications. Okay. Because a client already has hypertension, we identify it early, we put them on a beta blocker or ACE inhibitor because we want to um, treat the condition as early as possible. Another very important group of secondary prevention techniques are screenings. So any kind of screening on NCLEX, whether it is um, a mammogram or HIV screening or testing or a pap smear, these will all be considered secondary prevention techniques, any kind of screenings. Our tertiary prevention is all about containing the damage, all right, of a disease and also preventing further deterioration. So a significant illness has happened to a patient and we want to maximize the health of the patient after this. So for example, our tertiary prevention techniques are physical therapy, exercise programs after an illness. So for example, if, if we're speaking about stroke, if a client has a stroke, the physical therapy after the stroke will help to minimize the damage. Exercises after the stroke will help to minimize the damage. Also, dietary supplements or therapeutic diets will help to minimize the damage of an illness that is already present. So when I say dietary supplements, consider a client that has AIDS or HIV where their immune system is compromised and it's very important that they get adequate nutrition from the foods they eat, okay? Now, 
the site concerns for this age group, we're talking about our adults here. It's caring for children and parents at the same time. Our elderly clients, we're talking about 60, 65 and over. The goals for this population are to positively grieve the loss of a spouse. Also, transition into retirement. It's difficult when an individual has got a purpose from their job or an industry. And now once they're in retirement, they find that they don't have much to do. And so they struggle to fill their time positively. The third goal is to maintain physical capabilities and prevent cognitive decline. Oh, our nursing concerns for this age group. Number one is medication safety. Why is that such a big issue for the elderly? Well, it is because they have a lower metabolism. So they have a lower metabolism, so medications stay in their body a longer time, right? So the metabolism is lower, but the body fat tends to be a little higher. So the medications will stay in their system for a long time. We also have to be aware of polypharmacy. Some elderly patients are taking multiple medications to treat the illnesses that they have. When it comes to medication safety, we have to assess the client's mental status as well whenever we are giving um, a medication. And so essentially for our elderly clients, we are as well going to be asking them the correct identifiers, their name and their birthday. And if they cannot give us those identifiers, then we know we have an issue with some cognitive concerns or cognitive declines. The next thing that we need to look at is number two, falls. For falling prevention, it is essential. It is essential in the elderly client because the rehabilitation after a fall can be very long and very intensive. So I want to look at some things that we can address to help prevent falls. Number one is communication. Our communication with our elderly clients should be slow and direct. Slow and direct. We should present one thought at a time. Make sure that if we give a direction, the client is able to verbalize and understanding. The second is pain. We want to make sure that our elderly clients are not in pain. One of the reasons why an elderly client will get out of bed will find you to let you know that they're having pain. So we need to address that with proper control. Number three is prevention. There are some things that we can do to help prevent falls, such as what is the number one thing we need to give our patients to make sure that they don't fall? It is a call light. It is a call light or a way to notify you when they want to get out of bed. We can also give them non-slip socks and implement a bowel and bladder program where they know that every hour, every two hours, they will get help ambulating to and from the bathroom. These are all things that will help.
the third thing we need to go over is skin breakdown. Um, nutrition restraints and the Braden scale are what we're going to go over. But first, let me ask you this. When it comes to when it comes to skin breakdown, we know that number one, nutrition is very important. If your patient is adequately fed and adequately hydrated, their skin will be more resistant to skin tears and pressure ulcers. But let me ask you this, nurses. What laboratory value is most important to determine the nutritional situation of your patient? If I want to know if I have a malnourished client, what laboratory value will let me know that? Can you think of it? It is albumin. The albumin level of your patient is very important because it's going to tell you how much protein they have. It's going to tell you if your patient has been eating properly. So write down that albumin level. And I expect you guys to look up the normal level of albumin in a healthy adult. So nutrition is very important. Um, there are some factors that will affect your client's nutrition. Um, if they have a difficulty chewing or swallowing in the elderly patients, sometimes they struggle with being able to break down food and eat. So that may affect your patient. The second, when it comes to skin breakdown that we want to be mindful of is restraints. Putting the elderly client in restraints can absolutely lead to skin breakdown because if the elderly client is confused, they will be trying to get out of the restraints and that tugging and pulling can definitely cause skin breakdown. So as the registered nurse, you want to make sure that you understand the applications of putting on a restraint. The third is the Braden scale. And I'm just telling you guys about this for familiarity with the term. The Braden scale is used to just assess the client's risk for skin breakdown. You do not have to have this scale memorized, but you do want to know what it's for. Okay, that concludes our age-specific nursing care. I want to dig a little bit deeper and go into the expected changes during aging a little bit more. We're going to talk about it according to body system, and you're going to take some great notes. Okay, everybody, that was our first video, age-specific nursing care. Now, do you guys understand the process of how this works in the V2? You're watching the videos and then you're filling out your lecture workbook. This is how the content is supposed to be. This is the course that all of my Remar nurses are using to pass their NCLEX. And right now during Black Friday, it's just $49, okay? It's just $49. I also am giving away $500 this hour, all right? I'm giving away $500 this hour and I'm looking through everybody right now that shared it on Facebook. So if you shared this video on Facebook, I'm looking through that right now to pick the $500 winner. So if you haven't done that yet, go ahead and do it. We're gonna get into the next video, expected changes of aging. All right, so is this, is this page, expected changes of aging? 
let's get in here. I'm going to go into the V2 and we're going to get that video up for you guys. So again, everything that you need, let's go to expected changes in aging here. Okay. And I'm going to hit play. This is a, and what you'll love about the content, let me say what you love about the content is how succinct and short these videos are. So these are not hour long videos that you have to drudge through four or five hour videos. These videos are very short and to the point. So let's get into it. Welcome to Expected Changes During Aging. The aging process affects every individual differently. We know that. But as our bodies age, there are certain physiological changes that you can prepare for as a natural part of growing old. So we're going to look at different systems, and I'm going to tell you the changes tested on NCLEX. So the first system is the cardiac system, and that involves our heart, of course. What you can expect as you grow older is a decreased cardiac output. So the cardiac output decreases, but what happens is there is an increase gradually in the blood pressure. And that is because the vessels tend to become more non-compliant they constrict a little bit more. Now, a big thing that you have to understand is orthostatic hypotension. Orthostatic hypotension. And this is common in the elderly. And it's essentially a decrease in blood pressure as the position of the client changes. So with orthostatic hypotension, I want you guys to, to understand this principle if this is the first time you're hearing it. But when you take uh, orthostatics, you have the patient lie flat, you do a blood pressure. Then you move them to a sitting position, you do a blood pressure. And of course, I'm saying blood pressure, but the blood pressure also includes the heart rate as well. And then you have them up to a standing position, you check the blood pressure and you check the pulse. Now, if a client is positive for orthostatic hypotension, then as they sit up and as they stand, you will notice that the blood pressure decreases and the heart rate goes up to try to compensate for that dropping blood pressure. So it is kind of common with our elderly patients. So that is why we encourage them to change positions slowly, change positions slowly. Another point that I want you to know is that the peripheral circulation in the elderly client also decreases. So think about that, Remar nurses, as the patient grows older, if the blood and the nutrients are not getting to the periphery or the extremities, how is that going to affect skin? How is that going to affect capillary refills, all those things, okay? All right. Now we need to look at the respiratory system. Of course, here, as you get older, you're going to have increased oxygen demands 
increased oxygen demands, but a decreased lung expansion. All right. So with increased oxygen demands, that simply means that when an elderly client does activity such as going up the stairs or um, going grocery shopping or driving, anything that's going to have them to be doing activity, getting in and out of the car and driving somewhere, they're going to require a little more oxygen. But as we age, the vascular, the vessels and, and, and the muscles and everything, they don't expand as freely. They're not as flexible. So the decreased lung expansion will be noted. Here is a question. Is it normal for an elderly client to wear oxygen? What do you think? Is it normal for an elderly client to wear oxygen? Think about this. When you turn a certain age, is it happy birthday, you're 59, you're 65, you're 75, here's your oxygen because this is a normal part of aging. What do you guys think? No, absolutely not. Anytime you see someone wearing oxygen, there is some disease process that is requiring that additional oxygen all the time. So it is very, very important for nurses to understand that oxygen is a medication, all right? It's not something that you just give casually to someone. It's a medication and there needs to be a disease process to back it up. Now, one of my hobby horses as an, a nurse instructor, as a preceptor, as a mentor, is that when you put oxygen on a patient, make sure make sure that after the oxygen is no longer therapeutic you remove it and this is a, a personal matter as nurses as an NCLEX expert i need you guys to know that normally after about six hours oxygen is no longer therapeutic for acute conditions so i'm going off here but this is important for you to understand if a patient comes in and they have a myocardial infarction and we put oxygen on them, after about six hours, that oxygen is no longer therapeutic. And so you're just having the patient to maintain oxygen with no benefit. And so what happens is people come into the hospital all the time, oxygen is initially put on them for the reason why they're there, but it's never taken off. And so they may be in the hospital for three and four days. And then when it's time to be discharged, the nurse attempts to take the oxygen off. And what happens after a patient has been on oxygen for three days? They cannot breathe. They have shortness of breath. They need the oxygen. So many people come into the hospital with no oxygen, but leave with a prescription for continuous oxygen because nurses have failed to take that oxygen off the patient when it was the appropriate time. So I say all that because I want you guys to be excellent nurses. As a Remar nurse, you have a responsibility to do no harm and to teach others to do the same, okay? Let's move on to the integumentary system. We're talking about the skin here. As you grow old, the skin becomes dry, thin, wrinkled. Yes, that is what we expect. 
there is also a decline in the ability to repair damaged tissues and also a decline in wound healing abilities. And so this, this goes back to the other organ functions, right? If the heart is not able to effectively um, supply the, the periphery with nutrients and oxygen, then that's going to de decrease the amount of healing that can take place. You know, skin changes in the elderly can lead to lower self-esteem as well. Oh, the reproductive system in the elderly, you need to monitor the hormonal changes. So for women, there is a decrease in estrogen, a decrease in estrogen, which of course leads to menopause. For the men, there is a decrease in testosterone. Let me give you these NCLEX tips that you want to know. Elderly adults are still sexually active and they have to be educated on STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. If you look at the prevalence of sexually transmitted diseases and the top five groups who are contracting them, you will find that the elderly tend to be in that top five. So we have to make sure that we educate them on those STDs. For women, vaginal dryness is common and it is something that needs to be discussed with the nurse or healthcare provider. Erectile dysfunction is also common in men. So we need to know those medications for NCLEX as well. You can check them out in your quick facts for NCLEX. The musculoskeletal system includes the bones, the joints, and the tendons. For the elderly, there is a decreased range of motion, a decreased calcium level, and a decrease in overall muscle. You need to know that bone loss begins at age 40, common. The GU system, the genital urinary system, there are changes that happens to the urinary tract and urinary system as well. The kidneys actually get smaller as you age. So as well, the bladder size decreases. So if you have a smaller bladder, what you're going to have is urinary frequency because that bladder needs to be emptied more frequently. Dehydration is a common issue in the elderly. Uh, let me ask you this question. Is urinary incontinence normal as you age? Is it expected? Um, is it normal? What do you say? Yes, it is normal. Kegel exercises. Kegel exercises can be used to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles in women and in men. I talked about that during pregnancy and we're seeing it again. As you guys can tell, the NCLEX, so many things tied together to help you have a really strong foundation for this exam. The gastrointestinal changes that you need to know, dry mouth is common, constipation. There is a delayed gastric emptying that will contribute to that constipation. The overall digestion ability decreases for fatty, greasy kinds of foods. 
let me say this is tooth loss a normal part of aging what do you say is it common for the elderly and i know we see it a lot a lot of elderly people have false implants and dentures but is that a normal part of aging is it expected the answer is no it is not tooth loss is not a normal part of aging it indicates that a client has poor dental hygiene and poor dental hygiene the nervous system the changes that are experienced are a decrease in activity of the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system so the cns and the pns are the abbreviations there is a decrease in reaction and reflex times as you grow older. So as nurses, we need to monitor for the need of assistive devices, such as canes, walkers, yes. Um, because with the decreased reaction time and also flexibility, mobility, those assistive devices are important for balance and coordination. You know, the mental function of the elderly should remain intact. If intelligence decreases, a disease process is present. I got to talk about the immune system. There is a decrease in the functioning of the immune system. So that means that our elderly patients are at an increased risk of illness. And for NCLEX, you want to encourage the seasonal flu vaccine the endocrine system there is a decrease secretion of the thyroid hormone this as well affects the metabolism of our client also there is a decreased insulin production so let me ask you this if there is a decrease in insulin production by the endocrine system Will that make the blood sugar levels increase or decrease? What say if you? If there's a little insulin production in the body, do the blood sugars go up or down? Those blood glucose levels will be increased. increased. So you want to definitely watch out for that for your clients. And finally, we have the senses. Hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, seeing. What do you think happens as you age? Everything, all of the senses will decrease. The smell declines. The taste declines. Hearing, there is a loss of high-pitched sound. And these are the first sounds to go. So when I'm educating elderly clients, I have to make sure that I talk in a lower, deeper voice. Because if I talk in my regular voice, they cannot hear me. Also, we're encouraging the use of visual and hearing aids. And again, we're speaking in a slower tone, in a deeper, lower tone, so that they can hear us. All right, your expected changes of aging have been reviewed. Let's move on. Yes, 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 you are rocking with Remar Nurses. Hey, I don't know. I see a lot of chatter in the comments. I don't know how y'all doing all this chatter and taking notes because I'm like taking notes ferociously. You know what time it is? It is time for us 
it is time for us to give away our first $500. Now, I want to know if you had $500 cash given to you, what would you do with it? What would you do with it? We have our first $500 winner. And I just love how you guys are taking notes. You're studying for this holiday season. First $500 winner. Oh, I like that. Pay ties. Patricia said pay ties. Antoinette says groceries, pay bills, pay bills. Okay. Um, oh, man. Renewing my subscription, buy food for three kids, share. So in order to win this 500 uh, for this time, you, you shared the video on Facebook. All right. I don't know what the next what the next task is. Remar, Team Remar, let me know. Subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Okay. Um, our first winner, I don't know if they're here or not. Let me know if you're here. But it is Simone Butler. Simone Butler, congratulations, girl. You have $500 um, coming to you. Send me your cash app. Let me know what your cash app is. Um, email it to me, Simone, and I will make sure that you get it. Let me know that it is you. We'll verify you um, and make sure you get that. So congratulations. All the Remart nurses are winning. I like it. Like, look, this is what I love about our community. They're already saying just congratulations, Simone. It's like, there's no, there's no uh, negativity here. We are just happy for each and every person. Is Simone here? Is she here? Um, congratulations. Okay, so we did age-specific nursing care, expected changes in aging. Now, as part of our content review, if you're following your workbook, you see that the next page is content quiz. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a pen in your workbooks. I'm gonna ask you a question from something that you just heard, and I want you to write down what that answer is, okay? And then we'll check and see if you got it right. Now, the goal is to get eight out of 10 of these questions correctly. That is the safe goal. That means you understood the things that we just went over. If you don't get an eight out of 10, then that means you need to go back into the V2, watch the video again, slow down, take your time, review the notes, okay? All right, <laughs> all right, yes, we're so happy for Simone. I'm so happy for you, I'm so happy it's Black Friday. Here is the first question, let me get it up. The first question is this, <clears throat> yes. Are choices a right for all clients, okay? This is our first question. Number one, just write down yes or no, okay? Just write down yes or no. This is from the um, this is from the the Black Friday workbook. Are choices a right for all clients? Write that down. You got that one right. Okay, what is it? Um, okay, let me know, Team Remar. I know you guys are watching. How am I picking the next winner? People want to know, how are you picking the next $500 winner? What is it? YouTube subscriber. Okay, a YouTube subscriber. I also want to know if they're in attendance today. I, I like the people to be here in attendance today. Okay, just so we know. All right, you guys are saying yes. That's the correct answer. Yes, let's see. Yes, choices are a right for all clients. Everybody gets a choice in how they will be treated. Next question is this. Mm, patients must be properly positioned before giving medications to prevent what complication? Let's go, Remar Nurses, it's Black Friday. It's Black Friday. 
I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all not in Walmart, not right now. Y'all here studying. People are winning cash here. This is the place to be. This is the place to be. Over 2,000 people. Oh, yeah, 2,000 people watching. Amazing. Patients must be properly positioned before giving medications to prevent what complications? Correct answer is aspiration. Yes. Good, good, good. I'm moving on. Next question. Are you getting these right? Two for two. Teens ages 13 to 18 have a need to establish what from primary caretakers? What did I tell you in the video? Did you get it? Teens ages 13 to 18 have a need to establish what from primary caretakers? Ooh, what did I say? What did I say? Mm. And this is the importance of going over that content first. I'm just making sure that you, you just know what you need to know. Correct answer here. A lot of you who have VT, you know this, and you're just looking in your workbook. <laughs> Independence. Independence. Okay. Independence. I love this. This is my favorite. No, Independence. Independence. Yeah. Okay. And that's okay if you don't get it, because guess what? We're still learning. We're learning here during this time. Okay, I'm moving on. All right. Um, what vitamin should be avoided with isotretinin? What vitamin should be avoided with isotretinin? Vitamin A. That was the answer. I did that too soon, but I, I hope you guys knew that already. Vitamin A. Okay, let's see here. I'm trying to, there we go. Okay, it was vitamin A. Did you know that one? All right, I'm trying to get to my comments on the screen here. Okay, here's the next question. This is question number uh, five, question number five. Are immunizations considered primary or secondary interventions? What say if you are? Are immunizations considered primary or secondary interventions? We're going for eight out of 10 on this subject. This is age uh, specific nursing care, and this is also um, expected changes in aging. And I see some people putting primary, some people putting secondary. So this is definitely something, if you don't get this right, you want to review it. The correct answer for immunizations, what did I say? Remember, immunizations are primary because they prevent something from happening. So primary are, are going to be preventative measures. Immunizations, right? Clean environment, sanitation. You guys have other examples of primary interventions. Let me know. Um, seat belts. Seat belts are considered primary, right? They prevent you from going forward and being, you know, ejected from the car. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. Six, I'm asking you this, which scale is used to evaluate the risks for skin breakdown? Yeah. What scale is used to evaluate the risk for skin breakdown? Yes, good job. Okay, some other primary preventions, condoms. I like that. Car seats. Oh, this is the best part for me 
of the review is just getting knowledge from the community. Car seats, what else did you guys say? Primary, teaching, teaching, that's good. Answer for this is the Braden scale. Okay, I'm on a roll here. What age does bone loss begin? You wrote it down. You wrote it down. Tell me what you wrote. What age does bone loss begin? And what am I seeing? I'm not seeing anything. Okay. Ah, yes. Majority of us got this one right. 40 years old. 40 years old. So even if you're not taking, I know, <laughs> that's scary. Listen, and what, what I want you to pay attention to is even if you are not taking notes, but you're just listening to these lectures, if you're an audio visual learner, you're retaining so much more information in a faster way because this is how you like to learn things. You like for somebody to explain it to you. If you read this stuff, you may not catch these little nuances. All right. But just notice if you're an audio visual learner, look how much you're learning because you hear it. And so knowing your studying style is your learning style is so important. Okay. Here's a question question. Here's a question question. Nurse Taylor is caring for two elderly patients. Both patients are stable and have no acute symptoms. Which patient should Nurse Taylor see first? Is it patient number one? You have a 78-year-old diagnosed with presbycusis reporting difficulty hearing high-pitched sounds, or an 81 years old who has age-related macular degeneration report reporting blurred vision. Both patients are stable. Okay. Nobody has any acute symptoms. You essentially, this is a great NCLEX question. Do you see the, the elderly person with the hearing problem, okay? Or do you see the elderly person uh, with macular degeneration reporting blurred vision? So I am going to present you guys with critical thinking now because you learned that both of these are normal with aging. Both of these are normal with aging. So now, how do you prioritize your care? Okay, correct answer. Did you get this one right? It is going to be that 81-year-old, the one who has the, the blurry vision because of falls risks. Yeah, because of safety. So you need to see this person first. Did you guys get that one right? Everybody who picked number one, I want you to remember this for your NCLEX because prioritization goes way beyond airway, breathing, circulation. If your school just told you it's ABCs and you can get through it, there's another step that you need to take. Prioritization can also be safety concerns. It can also be time. It can also be based by medications. And so um, hopefully today we will be able to cover a lot of those different scenarios and you'll get the practice that you need before you take your NCLEX exam. So I'm happy that you're here. Let's see what I have for number nine. 
Okay, here we go. Nurse Jordan is caring for two elderly patients. This is another scenario. Both patients are stable and have no acute symptoms. Which patient should Nurse Jordan see first? Number one, an 82 years old who has been recently showing signs of benign prostatic hyperplasia with frequent urination, especially at night, or a 79 years old who has osteoarthritis, reporting increased joint pain and stiffness in the morning. Who do we see first in this situation? Ooh, <laughs> yes, I love it, I love it, I love it. You guys are showing up and you're just, I'm just, I'm here to study. I'm not here to play around. I want to get my nursing license. So these are, these are something you can consider. I want you to be a safe nurse. There is a person who needs to be seen first when it comes to elderly patients. What are we about? We are about keeping them safe. And the last thing we want them to do is to fall. So we got to go see who? 79-year-old. This is two. This is also two. Two is the priority patient because you have somebody with osteoarthritis, right? Which is an abnormal assessment. And they have increased joint pain and stiffness. And so when this person goes to get up and they feel pain, right? Or they feel stiffness, what will they do? They will collapse, right? They will collapse. They will fall. Whereas the other patient, he had urinary frequency, but there was no indication that there was any mobility issues. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen to that patient? Well, they may be incontinent of urine. They might wet their clothes, right, um, at night. So what I, I don't want you guys to do, and this is very important, don't get too deep into it. Don't start reading into the question. When you're taking NCLEX, just use what you are given. Don't go off into the deep end, creating other scenarios, okay? All right, so I love this. Got it wrong, but I understand now. That's the whole goal of studying. That's it. That's why you come to this class. Let's go on to number 10 here, last one. Ooh, okay, which patient should the nurse see first? Number one, a patient with a blood pressure of 175 over 98, a history of hypertension and new slurred speech. Or two, a patient with a blood pressure of 180 over 95, a history of hypertension and new blurry vision. Mm, 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 mm. I, I say the most challenging one for last. Blood pressures are what? Are the, are the blood pressures much different? Let's just break down these patients. Are the blood pressures much different here or are they kind of the same? One patient has 175 over 98. One patient has 180 over 95. Now they're, they're, they're kind of similar. So we can't do that. History of hypertension, both have that. So there is... Now we just have to look at the new reports that they are talking about. Somebody has new slurred speech. Somebody has new blurry vision. Who is our priority? 
Yep. So I like that. Irene says this, the blood pressures are close. So let's focus on the different things, which is uh, the new slurred speech or the new blurry vision. So with that being in mind, who is your priority here? Priority patient. I see a lot of ones. I see a lot of twos. The correct answer is patient number one is my priority. Patient number one is my priority. If I'm just going by somebody that has a slurred speech or somebody that has blurry vision and they both have a history of hypertension, what do we know about hypertension? Okay, what do we know? When a patient has high blood pressure, they can stroke out. They can have a stroke. How do I know if a patient is having a stroke? They're going to have slurred speech. They may have facial droop. They may not be able to raise one side of their body, right? Those are signs of a stroke. I also know uh, to a certain degree, hypertension can damage the eyes. It can damage the kidneys. So if you have a patient that has retinal damage or a patient that has a stroke, simply based off their clinical symptoms for the NCLEX, you best to go see that person who could be possibly having a stroke. Okay, did you know? Did you know? Did you get that one right? Okay, are you a safe nurse? Were you a safe nurse for this instance? I would say, I would say most of you guys were, right? And the and the challenging ones were challenging to you. If you did well up until the critical thinking, guess what? Guess what? This is where you need to say, let me, this is where you need to stop and say, okay, am I where I'm supposed to be? Do I need to do more in this area? Is my issue content or is my issue critical thinking based off of what you just watched? Okay, so somebody's like, I'm a safe nurse. Okay, if you're a safe nurse, let's move on. If you're not a safe nurse, guess what? It's Black Friday week. Let's get into the V2. Don't let this week pass you by and you don't get V2. So let's go to the V2 now because we have to do our next subject is what? Our next subject is diet. So let's go here and let's find diets. And we are going to, first we're gonna learn the principles of therapeutic diets. And then I believe I have some challenge questions for you on that. Okay, so let's chatter in the comments. Let's focus on these diets so you guys can get all of them right. I'm looking for eight out of 10 on here, diets. Let's play. Therapeutic diets are really important to know for your exam. We're gonna talk about several kinds of diets, the reason why patients are prescribed them and the foods that they can or cannot have. Let's start with the easiest diet, the NPO or nothing by mouth diet. The reason why patients are prescribed to be NPO is to prevent aspiration before surgery. So if you're going for a surgical procedure and you happen to get nauseated by the anesthesia or the stress of the procedure, if you don't have anything in your stomach, you're less likely to aspirate. Another reason why patients can be prescribed NPO is to have bowel rest. That means you give your intestines a break from constantly digesting food. When it comes to the food, you cannot have anything by mouth. 
This is very important for nursing students to remember because NPO means NPO. That means no food, no medications, no water, nothing by mouth. The next diet is the clear liquid diet. The indication for this diet is to prevent dehydration. Liquids that are acceptable in the clear liquid diet are water, juices, see-through broths, gelatin, coffee, and tea. The next diet is the full liquid diet. The full liquid diet is also used to prevent dehydration, but it's not the first diet after surgery. You have the clear liquids first, and then you move to a full liquid if you can tolerate the liquid clear diet. Now, in the full liquid diet, the liquids, you cannot see through them. So our food examples are ice cream, milk, Puddings. These are liquids that have an opaque color. You can't see through them. Um, hot cereals can also be included in the full liquid diet, such as uh, wheat cereals or oatmeal can be made to a liquid consistency. The next diet is the puree diet. This diet is for small babies or clients who are unable to chew clients who have dysphagia. So chewing and swallowing are very difficult. Now for the puree diet, any food that can be blended or mashed to a smooth consistency is acceptable. Now a nursing point is even if a patient is on a puree diet and they're able to have several different foods, you want to keep those foods separate when feeding them. Just because a client is on a puree diet, that doesn't mean that we're going to mix mashed potatoes and peas and carrots all into one dish and serve them. For NCLEX, you wanna keep each one of those foods separately when feeding your patient for the value of the taste of the food. If the food doesn't taste good because it's all mixed together, then the client more than likely won't eat it. The next diet is the mechanical soft diet. This diet is really popular for patients who have difficulty chewing specifically. Perhaps they have poor fitted dentures or missing teeth, or they cannot chew their food thoroughly. So when it comes to the mechanical soft diet, again, any food that can be easily broken down for the patient can be included, but no nuts or no seeds can ever be considered a mechanical soft diet. The bland diet is next. This diet is used to decrease gastric irritation or discomfort. So bland foods are all about keeping the stomach calm. So for example, clients who have ulcers of the stomach or clients who have a lot of stomach acid production, we give them the bland diet alternative. When it comes to 
bland foods, there's a lot of grains and vegetables that you can have. So what I want to focus on is what you cannot have. And for the bland diet, you cannot have any fatty, fried, or spicy food. Also, you need to avoid CAP. And CAP stands for caffeine, alcohol, and peppers. Our protein-restricted diet is next. Protein restriction is all for our renal patients. I want you to remember that combination. And the food that you need to avoid are animal products. So meats, poultry or chicken, and fish. Does anyone know what is really the problem with animal foods? And why do our renal patients, why do our renal patients have a hard time with protein? Can you think? Well, let me tell you. When you eat an animal product and it is not broken down and it is not excreted out of your body, then that animal product will begin to ferment in the body. And so what happens is the animal product turns into ammonia and ammonia is a toxin for our body. So if a patient has a compromised renal system, then they're not able to filter out all of the ammonia. And so the patients will start to become sick and they will start to be confused as the ammonia levels in their body increases. So clients who have renal issues, we tell them to avoid those animal products um, and make sure that they have a very tight control on how much protein that they're getting. Sodium restricted are for our heart patients. We all know that limiting the sodium intake is heart healthy. And so what you may see is a two gram or a one gram sodium restricted diet. For the sodium restricted diet, clients need to avoid canned food because canned meats and canned soups, they use salt as a preservative to keep the food safe. So again, for a client who's trying to avoid sodium, they have to stay away from food in cans, also frozen food or salted food, again, tends to be high in sodium. The next diet is the high fiber diet. The reason why a patient is on a high fiber diet is to prevent constipation. Think about our clients who are on bed rest or immobile, they tend to be constipated. So the high fiber diet would really help them. The high fiber foods include whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. Low purine is used for our clients with gout and gout is a form of arthritis. Now, if you need to avoid foods that have purine in them, I want you to think of seafood. Seafood is super high in purine, so clients who have gout or are on a low purine diet should avoid fish, scallops, sardines, and anchovies. The next diet is the high protein diet. This diet is for our elderly clients and also our clients who have burns on their skin. Just like we were talking about low protein, 
High protein foods include red meat, fish, and beans. So this will be the focus of the high protein diet. Many of us are familiar with the diabetic diet. It's the next one. The indication is to control blood glucose levels. You know, for NCLEX, the diabetic diet is really a healthy diet with a variety of foods. But specifically for our diabetic patients, we need to teach them that 50% of their meals should be carbohydrates. And the reason why good carbohydrates are recommended is because carbohydrates help keep the blood sugar stable for a long period of time, as opposed to proteins or fats. So 50% of their meal should be a carbohydrate. 20% should be a protein and about 30% should be a fat, 30% or less. Diabetic clients should avoid simple sugars such as pastries, candies, that instance. You definitely want to know about celiac's diet. The indication for the celiac's diet is to avoid gluten. Clients need to be on a gluten-free diet and gluten is actually a protein found in most grains. So for NCLEX, clients should avoid the grain that has the acronym BROW, B-R-O-W. Have you heard that before? BROW stands for barley, rye, oats, and wheat. Barley, rye, oats, and wheat. But you know what, NCLEX, they're not gonna ask you about barley, rye, oats, and wheat. They're gonna say, can your client with celiac disease have bread? What are you gonna say? You're gonna say, no, absolutely not, because bread comes from wheat. They're gonna ask you, can your client have spaghetti? And you're gonna have to say, no, because spaghetti comes from wheat as well. It's a pasta, it comes from wheat. They're going to ask you if your client can have a pie. If they asked about pie, what are you going to say? You're going to say no, because the crust of that pie has gluten in it. It's the same for cookies. No to cookies. No to waffles. No to pancakes. All right. So everything has to be gluten free for this patient. Well, those are our therapeutic diets for the exam. Let's keep studying. I love diets is one of my you guys know diets is one of my favorite videos but I cannot watch that when I am hungry because I will be eating everything in those videos that food looks so good guys if you have not done content review like this this is this is the v2 this is V2, we're doing a big sale on it right now, Black Friday, up to 70% off of this entire program. That includes those videos you just saw, the downloadable workbook, the quick facts book, everything all in one. And I can't stop talking about it because you get an NCLEX next gen question bank. Somebody said, what is this? What is this? Two CAD exams, all right, all for this price, $49 gets you in. $89 if you want 90 days in this program. 
Both of them are going to come with all of this great content. This is the biggest sale that we have going on. And also one more thing that I want to point out. I don't know if you guys see this, but we also have the daily study calendar. Okay. The daily study calendar for this course. And it will tell you every day what you're going to be studying. And so this is another PowerPoint of the review. It's straight and the, to the point. And every day that you sit down, you're going to go through one of my 20 study sessions. There's just 20 study sessions and you get the same calendar, whether you get the 30 day or the 90 day. The 30 day, of course, most people get through the program in about a month. Some people with the study calendar, though, they can get through this course. If they just follow the study calendar, they can get through this course in two weeks. That is just how much quickly you can get through the content when you know what to do, when you know exactly what to do. So if you're testing next month, you don't have the NCLEX review, get into the V2, follow the study calendar. You can probably get this done in two weeks. Um, for others, you just do the, the three months. Uh, <laughs> that will give you more time. Okay. Now, um, I'm also I'm also letting you guys know that we are giving away we are giving away cash today. We'll have that we'll have that next winter within this next hour. If you won the five hundred dollars from the last hour, please email me support at remarreview.com. Support at remarreview.com. This is the season of blessings, everybody. All right, let's get into the questions. Did you take your notes? If you took your notes on diets, then you should be able to answer this question. Are you ready? Okay. Here's the first question. Diets. In a renal diet, everybody, in a renal diet, write it down. You're trying to get eight out of 10 of these right. In a renal diet, what needs to be modified? What needs to be modified in a renal diet? What do those patients need? Yes, I see the answers. Come on, put them on the screen, write them on the paper. Uh, how do you win the $500 cash? Right now we're looking for somebody who has subscribed to the YouTube channel and they are in class today. We have not found that winner yet. So let me know if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and you're in class today, okay? And I see the answer to this very important question in a renal diet what needs to be modified what needs to be modified is protein i would have took fluid intake too but i was specifically looking for the protein specifically looking for the protein okay next question can a client with celiac disease have pretzels for a snack can a client with celiac disease have pretzels for a snack? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> I love it. You know the answer to this because we went over it. We went over it in the content. That's how you're able to critically think. So content first, then questions. Very, very good. Correct answer is... No, 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 no. Pretzels contain wheat. They're so good. But if you have celiac, you don't want them. Okay, we got that one. Somebody's two for two. Next question is this. 
Can a patient with celiac disease eat ramen noodles? Ramen noodles, ramen noodles. Some people love these things. They eat them every day. So high in sodium. But can a patient with celiac disease eat ramen noodles? What Somebody's like, what are they made out of? What are they? What would you say? You will be happy that we went over this. Trust me, when you take your NCLEX exam, you're going to be happy you came to this class. Correct answer is no, 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 no. They contain wheat. They contain wheat. But some of you guys already knew that because you read the packages of things. Moving on, next question. Which diet is best for a patient with acid reflux which diet is best for a patient with acid reflux i'm dancing because it's the day after thanksgiving and i didn't overeat i did it i kept it cool i kept it cool because i knew i had to do a big class today all right the best diet for acid reflux i'm so proud of y'all these comments are making me so happy. Most of you guys could probably pass NCLEX right now. A bland diet, a bland diet. Did you get that one right? Okay, I'm moving on. Here we go. Next question. This is number five. Welcome to Remar Nurse. This is our Black Friday review. Should patients on a bland diet eat meat that has been boiled? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Should patients on a bland diet eat meat that has been boiled? I see some absolutely not. I see some absolutely not. And then I see some, mm, it'd be okay. It'd be okay if the meat was boiled. <laughs> All right. This is it. Correct answer. Yes. Meat that has been boiled, baked, or steamed is good. It's good. We don't want patients on a bland diet eating meat that has been what? What did I tell you guys? Okay. What did I tell you guys? I think I have the next winner, but I'm not sure. I told you guys, no fried food. No fried food. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Next question is this. Can fish, critical think, can fish be a part of a pureed diet? Oops, that's okay. I feel like I'm like, I don't know. I feel like this is... I'm getting messages from Team Remar about winners and people and I'm trying to keep up with it. Okay. So I asked the question, can fish be a part of a pureed diet? Mm. Mm. You may have never been asked this before. So you really had to think, what's the safest thing for the nurse to say? And the correct answer is, Yes, it can be. It can be any food that can be, you know, blended, 
to, to a puree consistency can be part of that diet. So it could be, you know, hamburger. As long as it's puree, they can have it, right? Fish as well. Need tuna. Does that make sense? I hope it does. All right. Next question is this. Ah, what is the most appropriate diet for a client with acute pancreatitis and severe inflammation? Mrs. I fed my patient pureed fish before. I love it. We got some CNAs here. Okay. Everybody is just so excited right now. I don't know, like, what's going Everybody, we're just really happy that everything is going so well. And we're having a good time studying. Like, it's possible to have fun studying. You just need 2,000 people in one place to do it. All right. What is the most appropriate diet for a client with acute pancreatitis and severe inflammation? What are we going to say? The safest thing. Remember, NCLEX is about safety. That's going to be NPL. Yeah. Because you know what? When a person has pancreatitis, putting things in their gastrointestinal tract causes more inflammation and irritation for some reason. So we don't let them eat nothing. It's bowel rest totally. All right. So no, no clear liquid, no high fiber, nothing like that. Okay. For your NCLEX exam, go with the NPL. Go with the NPL. Trust me, this is going to be the right answer. Okay, here we go. This is a scenario. I'm going to read it to you. Nurse Thompson is reviewing dietary orders for her patients. One of her patients is scheduled for a colonoscopy tomorrow and has been prescribed a clear liquid diet for the day. Which food option is appropriate for a patient on a clear liquid diet? Is it number one, a cup of coffee with cream? Two, a gelatin dessert without added fruit or toppings, three, a smoothie made with fruits and yogurt, or four, a popsicle with bits of real fruit. Patient has a clear liquid diet. What is going to be, what is going to be the most appropriate food choice? Be careful, be careful, because you have to be able to read appropriately. Mm-hmm. Correct answer is indeed number two, that gelatin. Jello is a clear liquid, and, um, and if you don't add fruit or toppings to it, it is something that your patient on a clear liquid diet can have. A lot of people pick a cup of coffee the cup of coffee by itself would have worked, but it has what in it? It has cream in it. And so then that takes it away from being a clear liquid diet. Okay, clear liquid diet. So that is why number one is not right. Let me see. Next question is this. Ah, uh, let's select all the apply. Which of the following foods are allowed on a full liquid diet? select all that apply. Number one, custard, 
two maple syrup, three smoothies with fruit toppings, four steamed rice, five vegetable soup. So we said uh, full liquid diet, select all that apply. Select all that apply means one or more answers are going to be correct. Okay. Come on, give it to me. Oh, you guys. Be oh so careful. Be oh so careful here. All right, I got the winner. The next winner. Hmm. Okay, I hope they're still in class today. All right, correct answer here. Now, I'm, here's the correct answer. It's just one and two. It's just custard, and then it's just maple syrup. That's it. Everything else is not a full liquid. It actually has some solid particles in it. So smoothies with fruit toppings. The fruit toppings make it inappropriate. Steamed rice. The rice makes it inappropriate. A lot of people pick number five, vegetable soup. But if you've ever had a bowl of vegetable soup and it's done right, you're going to have chunks of what? Vegetables. So you're going to have carrots, celery, onions, okay? Carrots, celery, onions, tomatoes. You guys feel me? Some corn. And so that is going to make it not appropriate for this patient. All right. So did you get that? <laughs> you're thinking this just you were thinking just the soup part and not the vegetable part. <laughs> okay. All right. And that's okay. This is why we're going over these. I picked these kind of questions purposely because it um, you know, it challenges you. Yes, number five would have been right if it said vegetable broth. That would have been that would have been better, right? Okay, question number 10 says this. Let me read it to you. The formatting is a little skewed. Which client is most appropriate for a high-protein diet? High-protein diet. Number one, a 23-year-old pregnant client in the second trimester. Two, an 18-year-old client with a sunburn on the back. Three, a 65-year-old client with a diabetic foot ulcer. Or four, a 45-year-old client on peritoneal dialysis. I'm looking for, and this is the thing about NCLEX, you're looking for the most appropriate. So that means that you could have several options that would work and would be okay, but who is most appropriate? for this intervention because diets are therapy. Diets could also be considered a treatment. Yeah, it's a treatment, basically. It's a therapeutic diet. So who needs that therapy the most here? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to give you guys hints. Okay, what do we have to... Some people, most people are picking two. Some people are picking one. I think the baby needs the high protein. Mm. 
Okay, correct answer here is number three. The person who needs the protein is the one who needs the tissue repair the most. So you have two people here. I don't know if you see this. You have two people here with damaged tissue. You have one that has a sunburn on the back. And then you have one who actually has a, um, a wound. It's an ulcer and it's diabetic. So, okay, so you have that. And now you got to look at the other factors. Is my 18-year-old or is my 65-year-old patient with diabetes going to need that protein more? I think the 18-year-old is going to be able to heal quicker than the 65-year-old. Do you guys see the underlying um, reason before why three is right? Yes, number three is going to be better. All right, so were you a safe nurse? Did you get an eight out of 10 here? And again, look and see where you're struggling. Look and see where you're struggling because I'm getting these questions from the V2 question bank too. So if you feel like you're struggling with the critical thinking after watching the videos, that's what the question bank is for. So you do the content with the videos and then you go into the questions and then you improve upon the content that you learned. Is that good? Safe nurses today? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I have another I have another winner. I'm so excited. My second winner, and we asked you to subscribe to the YouTube channel and be present in class. So I hope you're here. It is Liliana Davis. Liliana Davis, are you here? And you have, if you are here, congratulations to you, Liliana. Congratulations. $500 were given away on this Black Friday. So girl, pay your bills, do whatever you got to do. Okay. And we are going to continue on with our journey, passing the NCLEX. Congratulations. We're happy. And listen, again, like I said, Liliana just won $500, which is huge, which is amazing. But I'll tell you, when you become a nurse, you're going to be making $500 a day, okay? You're going to be making $500 a day. So if nothing to a boss, you guys, I'm talking to you. I'm speaking life into you right now. I'm speaking life into you right now. You may look at that $500 and think, man, that's a whole lot of money. But when you get this nursing license, when you do what you need to, to do, $500 a day, it's coming. It's coming for you, all right? But you gotta be ready. So what we're gonna do, guys, and again, this is all about keeping the main thing the main thing, okay? And the main thing is making sure that at the end of the day, you know where your help cometh from. And it comes from the Lord, number one, okay? And then also, what are you willing to do for your nursing license? What are you willing to do for yourself? I'm going back into the V2 because we have our next lecture coming up. Lily. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Thank God. I'm truly blessed to be a blessing and I could help someone else. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. And this is this is what this is what it's about, guys. It's about, you know, you you just come into class. You're just doing what you what you need to do to get to the next step. You may sacrifice this today. 
and you, you end up getting more than what you expected. So, all right, that's it. Um, Team Remar, what's the next criteria for the win? Oh, okay, they told me already. So they said the next person that wins, next winner will comment below where they are from. Okay, it's simple. We're, we're, we're giving away $500 every hour that I'm live. So the next winner, we'll have them comment below where they are from and we will randomly select someone, okay? It's levels to this. All right, we are going in and we are getting, uh, we're getting into the next lecture. I love it. So if you guys, if you guys are just joining us, we did expect changes in aging. We did diet. There will be an exam for you to take, a clinical subject exam if you're in the V2. Um, and so now we are going to get into basic care and comfort medication administration and antibiotics. I think we have those things happening. Next. I think that quick facts for NCLEX is in there too. Is it, I think it might be actually after this. So we're going to do that. Let's get into basic care and comfort now. Welcome to your basic care and comfort overview for NCLEX. We are going to focus on providing care hygiene-wise, looking at bladder and bowel elimination patterns as well. Let's start with hygiene. When bathing clients, always start with the face, then move to the upper body, and then the lower body. There are two points that I want to mention, and that is with the elderly care Remember, when we are providing hygiene care to our elderly clients, again, their skin is prone to tears because it is drier. So during the bath, we need to assess the skin. And we're looking for skin breakdown, skin tears, and alterations in skin patterns. Diabetic foot care is so very big for registered nurses because we have to teach these major points. Here they are. Wash and dry the feet daily. Do not soak the feet. Our diabetic clients should not cut their toenails. They should leave that up to their healthcare provider to do. And also do not use lotion between the toes. Because of diabetic neuropathy, sometimes clients cannot tell when they have tears or cuts or even infections in their feet. And so they have to be assessed very frequently. And we also need to check for skin breakdown in our clients who have diabetes mellitus. Let me ask this question. Who should be delegated to give the client a bath? Is it the job of the registered nurse, the licensed practical nurse, or the unlicensed assistive personnel? The correct answer is the unlicensed assistive personnel. If you didn't get that right, 
we will look into delegation during this review. If you got it right, congratulations, you knew that point. Now it's time to go over rest. Adequate sleep supports good health. Let's look at some different age groups and talk about the NCLEX notes on their sleeping patterns. So our first age are our infants zero to one years old. We expect 14 to 20 hours of sleep each day. Remember, we place infants on their back to reduce sudden infant death syndrome or SIDS. Also, do not place objects in the cribs objects such as pillows, blankets, and toys, although they look really nice, they can be suffocation hazards to this age group during sleep. Children from ages two to eight, we expect 10 to 14 hours of sleep each day. And this can be a mixture of nighttime sleep and or naps may be required. Adults, need to get seven to nine hours of sleep each night. Um, we teach adults not to exercise immediately before bed so that they can have normal sleeping patterns. Our 65 and up elderly clients, when it comes to rest, there is a decline in deep sleep patterns. Insomnia is a sleeping disorder that may be present. And remember, when I say insomnia, most people think insomnia is just having difficulty falling asleep. However, insomnia can actually range from difficulty falling asleep to difficulty staying asleep to periods of intense restlessness. So insomnia is a general term for a sleep disorder. It's also important for our elderly clients to establish routine sleep patterns. So specific places that they do sleep, specific hours of the day that they allocate for sleeping as well will help them to have a better sleep quality. Now let's look at hydration. Dehydration is a fluid imbalance. And you guys know the signs of dehydration. What do we have? We have dry mucous membranes, poor skin turgor, oliguria. What does oliguria mean? It's very little urine output. You will have that with dehydration. Also, the skin will feel cool to the touch. When it comes to dehydration, there's also some cardiac changes that happen. And the most prominent one is tachycardia. Remember, when it comes to dehydration, the urine levels may drop below the normal of 30 milliliters an hour. The causes of dehydration range. One of the most common is the urinary tract infection or UTI. Also diarrhea, vomiting, and diabetes mellitus also cause dehydration. In an effort to fix dehydration, we need to rehydrate the patient. 
So there are some tips about rehydration that I want you guys to be mindful of. The first one is that oral hydration can be just as effective as IV hydration if started early enough. So number one, we want to start with oral hydration at five milliliters. All right. So we are encouraging the client to take small sips of water in order to regain their hydration. The second point is do not force oral fluids. And the third, if oral fluids are not tolerated, then what is the next step? What do you guys think? How will we get the fluid in our patient? The next step is the NG tube going down the nose. So not IV fluid, but the NG tube is going to be the next way we can rehydrate our patient. Let's get into our bladder and bowel elimination. We're gonna start with the bladder and we're just gonna talk about some normals that we expect. So how much urine in a day is normal? I mentioned it before, but do you remember? Yes, it's 30 milliliters an hour is our expected amount of urine produced. Should there be an odor in urine? No, there should be none. What about the urine-specific gravity? Now, this is a range of numbers. I'm going to tell you one. 1.016 to 1.022 is a range. Now, if you look at other resources, you may find these numbers to be slightly different. And NCLEX takes into account of the various ranges. So if you get a urine-specific gravity, it will be way off. Stick to this number. And the normal urine pH is 4.6 to 8.0. Now, here's a question. Why are urinary tract infections more common in women than men? Can you think? It is because the urethra is a lot shorter in women than it is in men. Hey, let's do some matching of common urinary conditions. So I have here listed for you the conditions and I want you to match them to the definition. Take a second to do that. And when you come back, we will go over the answers. So just press pause on the video and press play when you're ready to begin. Let's go over the matching terms. The first term is anuria, and this is C, no kidney function. The second, glycosuria, is A, glucose in the urine. Next, we have hematuria. This is D, blood in the urine. Next up, pyuria. This is pus in the urine. And then the last is enuresis. And this is B, involuntary urination at night. You might also see this called bedwetting in your NCLEX question as well. One of the top skills that you have to be able to teach is the collection of the 24-hour urine. It's a simple, simple procedure, but we have to make sure that everyone involved from the client to our assistive personnel know what to do. So 
The 24-hour urine collection, you need to start with an empty bladder. We ask the patient to void, then we throw away that urine. All urine must be kept in one container. And if a urine sample is missed, then you have to start all over again. And during the 24-hour collection period, we have to keep the urine on ice. Now, if a woman is scheduled to have a 24-hour urine collection during menstruation, what should the registered nurse do? That answer is going to be to notify the healthcare provider and let them make the call whether to continue with the 24-hour urine collection or not. I want you guys to be totally prepared for all situations that you can come across on your NCLEX exam. Great job. Now let's look at another question. It says here, which of the following is the correct order for the registered nurse to perform an abdominal assessment? What do you guys think? Number one, the choice is auscultation, percussion, inspection, and palpation. Number two says inspection, auscultation, percussion, and then palpation. Three, inspection, palpation, percussion, auscultation, or four, percussion, inspection, auscultation, and palpation. What do you say? This may be a little tricky, but the correct answer is number two, inspection, auscultation, percussion, and palpation. The abdominal assessment is a little different from other areas in the body, so make sure that you know these steps for your NCLEX exam. Now, let's move on to the bowel. And let's talk about, first of all, when you're handling stool, normal stool, which isolation precaution you need to use? The answer is the universal or standard precautions for handling any kind of body fluid, including stool. Now, there are some factors that will affect a normal bowel pattern, okay? Some things that we need to be mindful of. And this is in regards to patients having an altered bowel pattern. So number one, of course, is privacy. When clients are in new environments, it's hard for them to use the restroom. The second is age. Age changes the gastrointestinal tract, as we have learned. Pregnancy as well. Hydration can alter bowel patterns and also diet can alter bowel patterns. The definition of constipation is less than three bowel movements per week. The definition of diarrhea is three or more loose stools in a 24 hour period. Remember nurses, when you're doing enemas or digital removal of an impaction, watch out for vagus nerve stimulation. Watch out for vagus nerve stimulation. Now, there are two diagnostic tests that you need to know. The first one is the 
WIAC test, and the second is the culture and sensitivity. Now, the GUIAC screen is for fecal occult blood or fecal hidden blood. Sometimes they'll call it occult or it will say hidden. Now, this just means that your patient is bleeding somewhere from their bowels. The fecal occult or the GUIAC exam can be positive or negative. If it's positive, it means there's bleeding. If there's negative, it means there's no bleeding. Now, for NCLEX, for a, a positive diagnosis of colon cancer, there needs to be three positive WIAC tests in a period of time, okay? And the doctor will determine that period of time. But just because someone has one positive uh, fecal occult sample, that doesn't mean that they have cancer of any kind, all right? Now, the culture and sensitivity exam is used to determine the best treatment when it comes to bacteria in the stool. So literally, the culture part is where bacteria in the stool is allowed to grow. And then the sensitivity part is that bacteria being exposed to different types of antibiotics to determine which one is going to get rid of the infection the best, okay? All right, here's a last question for you guys. The nurse administering an enema to a client knows that the tip of the tubing should be inserted into the rectum while the client is in a sitting position as on the toilet. Is that true or false? What do you guys think? Do we insert the tip of the tubing into the rectum while the client is in a sitting position? No, absolutely not. That's going to be false. If we try to do that, we could be at risk for perforating the rectum. The patient should be in the lateral SIMS position if they are receiving an enema. Okay, we are going to do some practice questions and then we are moving on to the next topic. Great job, guys. Okay, maybe this is better. Okay, so I was saying that was basic care and comfort. The video that we just watched, I'm kind of torn because in the workbook, you have the quick facts quiz that is next. And so for those of you who don't know, in, v in V2, you have the content lectures, but then you're also expected to study quick facts for NCLEX. This is a book that you need to memorize. You need to have this book memorized. Is it possible to memorize this book? front to back? Yes, because it's question and answer. So you should be able to have this book memorized before you take your NCLEX exam. Now we're going to do, let me see, um, 
in your in your study calendar, it will tell you once you hit session number seven, it will tell you what videos you're watching. Let me zoom in. It'll tell you what videos that you're going to watch. And then it will also tell you what you're reading from Quick Facts. So you're studying both at the same time. So what you're going to watch and then what you're reading from the Quick Facts book. So just remember, like I said, the best way to get through V2 the fastest is to follow that study calendar. But we are going to do some questions from Quick Facts. And we're going to do pages 21 through 40. So just highlight. Remember, the entire back of Quick Facts is the pharmacology section. When you get this book, start studying the pharmacology section immediately, immediately, because you do have 200 medications that you're, you're expected to know. So this is in the back here. So let's get ready to do the questions from Quick Facts. All right. And if you know this stuff, then that means that you have been in your book and you're studying it. Get to it. See, okay. Quick Facts book. All right. And if you don't have Quick Facts, go to the site, remarnurse.com. Make sure you get this book. Okay. Make sure you get this book. And we ship it anywhere. We ship it um, all over for you to have that wherever you are. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. I love this comment. Hi, Regina. Two of my classmates who I recommended your program to test last week both passed using V2 and Quick Facts with 85 questions. They never did the live class, so I'm relaying the message. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, and congratulations to your classmates. I think you might be next. I think you might be next because of that. Oh, man, that's amazing. Okay, question. Quick Facts quiz. Let's go. First question is this. All right, guys, the nurse is caring for a client who has a triglyceride level of 400 and a cholesterol level of 230. Which foods would the nurse encourage in the dietary choices? And again, this is coming from here. A, wheat toast and sugar-free jelly. B, grilled salmon seasoned with herbs. C, fried chicken with steamed vegetables, or D, natural honey from a local farmer's market. Which one for the patient who has high triglycerides, high cholesterol? Boom. This is quick facts. This is if you know it. If you know it, <laughs> correct answer is absolutely B, 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 salmon is good to help you lower your triglycerides. All right. And so that's going to be the correct answer. Let's go to the next question is this. A nurse is caring for a 22-year-old female client who has recently begun dialysis. She asks which types of food she should avoid into her diet because they are high in potassium. Which of the following should the client be advised to avoid? Okay. A, cabbage. B, lean red meat. C, cooked carrots. Or D, avocados. All right. Let's talk about it. Food that is high in potassium. We want our patient to avoid 
the avocados. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it was the avocados. All right. Next question is this. I'm loving the participation. It's so high today. A nurse is receiving dietary orders for a newly admitted client. She needs to write for medication to be given after a meal. Which medical abbreviation should be documented to represent after a meal? Is it A, A, C, B, P, C, C, T, I, D, or H, or D, H, C? Which one means after a meal? Oh, this is taking you back to fundamentals, which Quick Facts does, if you don't know. If you don't know, by the way, Quick Facts is your fundamental structure book. V2 is your lectures and your question bank. You need both. You need both. You got it. You got it. Correct answer was PC. So it was B. It was P. Yeah. If you thought it was A, write these two down, AC and PC and HC, and then make flashcards so you don't forget this. Some of the stuff in Quick Facts, I would say make a flashcard with if you have trouble studying it. Don't make flashcards for the entire book, but just some of the things that you miss, make flashcards for those things. Okay, here we go. Dietary recommendations for a client with heart failure include which of the following? A, potassium restrictions. B, protein increase. C, monitoring fluid intake. D, addition of salt substitutes. Yep. What are the teaching? points that are included for heart failure. RNs, registered nurses, and practical nurses. I hope I have practical nurses here today because this NCLEX review is also for you. The V2 is also for you too. This is not a select all that apply question. Which one is correct? Which one is correct here? Okay. And remember, you're going with safety. You always are going with safety. So if something looks right to you, you have to ask, is this also the safest choice? Safest choice for my patient. Correct answer is monitoring fluid intake. This is going to be the dietary recommendation. LPN loading, I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, question number five says this. The nurse is caring for a client with renal failure. The nurse has an order to consult the dietitian. The dietitian calculates the client's body mass index, BMI, to be 26.9. Which of the following categories of weight status would be appropriate to document? A, underweight, 26.9. Is that A, underweight, B, normal weight? C, overweight, or D, obese? What do we say about that one? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, this is how I'm challenging you on the quick facts book, okay? And I can do straight, just straight questions or I can actually write scenarios to see if you know this book. 
You get V2. Everybody that gets V2 will have this resource mailed to you. Expect this to come in about three. If you purchase V2 today, you'll get this in about probably five days, five days. Okay, overweight. Yes, 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 yes. Woo, 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 woo. You guys are doing it. The dietitian is asked to consult with a client who has chronic anemia. This consultation is an example of which of these functions of an interprofessional team. Number one, standardizing dietary prescriptions. Two, individualizing client care. Three, utilizing a qualitative descriptive approach. Four, four, ensuring patient adherence to the treatment plan. Now, this may be a lot, so let's simplify it. The dietitian is asked to consult with a patient who has chronic anemia. What is this? Okay. What is this an example of? When we talk about intra-professional teams, standardizing dietary prescriptions, individualizing client care, three, utilizing a qualitative approach, or four, ensuring patient adherence to the treatment plan. Definitely, this is individualizing client care. So the person who has anemia, they may need to speak to somebody to talk about their dietary habits, okay? So we wanna connect those healthcare professionals to the patient. Here's question number seven. The nurse is managing a client who is having difficulty following his dietary plan. When preparing to educate the client, the nurse should first assess the client's A, medical history, B, education level, C, their learning style, or D, their readiness to learn. What are we doing? What is important here? And think about the scenario. I see some people choosing you got to assess the patient's medical history. I see some people saying you got to know their education level. Got to know the education level. Not too many people are picking C. Some people are picking their learning style. And I see some people picking D. So truly, this question is controversial. And people are looking at it different ways. But there is only one correct answer here. Take note of it. It is the patient's readiness to learn. Okay. And check this out because this is very important because everybody teaches, everybody, whether you're a registered nurse or you're a practical nurse, you will do teaching. And it does not matter my patient's medical history. It doesn't matter their, their education level. If they are a, a professor, if they have a PhD or if they didn't finish high school, okay? Doesn't matter if they're an audiovisual learner, a reader, writer, a kinetic learner. If they are not ready to learn, if they are not ready to learn, none of those other things matter. 
So our first assessment is, hey, I wanna teach you about how to give injections. Are you ready to learn this now? Patient says, no, I'm watching the game. I don't wanna talk about it. Or no, I'm in pain. Bring me some medication for pain, right? That is what you have to establish first because you could be the best teacher in the world, but if the person isn't ready to hear what you have to say, then there's no learning that's gonna take place. So be very, very careful because a lot of us didn't get that one right. Eight, here it is. During an acute exacerbation of cirrhosis, a client reports ascites. Which of these dietary changes should the nurse expect to be made? Condition is cirrhosis. Okay, now they have ascites. A, increased protein. B, increased fat. C, decreased sodium. Or D, increased protein. Sorry, that was a repeat. But you still can get this one. You still can get this one. All right. And let's see what the answer is here. No, that's not right. I'm sorry, guys. That's that's my fault. This question, just throw it out. Just throw this one out. I must have been doing it last night. We're going to go with decreased sodium, okay? Decreased sodium. So my bad. Turkey must have got to me. It was late. Scratch this one out, okay? So we would have do We would have did decreased sodium or decreased protein. That would have been right. My bad, y'all. My bad. Let's move on to question number nine. The nurse is administering medications to four clients. Which client will need dietary instructions along with their medication? Okay, dietary instructions. The client taking Tofranil. The client taking Sinequan. The client taking Afinitor or the client taking phenolizine. Oh, I feel my help coming on. <laughs> I feel my help coming on. Great job, guys. You're noticing one of these medications is an M-A-O-I. One of these medications is an M-A-O-I, and you need a lot of dietary instructions with it it could be deadly you recognize it correct answer is d it is d you have to get this one right you got to know the dietary teachings along with maois avoiding what what do we have to avoid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tyramine tyramine simple principle got to know it Question number 10. Okay, let's, let's go into it more. So you have a nurse and they're teaching a client prescribed a MAOI, mono, monoamine oxidase inhibitor. Which food should be avoided in dietary choices? So we have A, red wine and pepperoni rolls. B, nacho chips and soda. 
C, apple pie, strawberry jam. D, orange juice and eggs. Somebody hope they get this one on NCLEX. You know how you have questions? You know, if you ever take an NCLEX before and you actually get a question and you know immediately the right answer, you just like do a little dance in your mind. You just like get down with it a little bit because you know you're going to get this right and it's going to put you over the passing standard. This is what we want to happen. That's why we do the content. Red wine, pepperoni rolls, preserved meat, Mm -mm. No pepperoni rolls, no sausage, no kibasi, nothing like that. And then also you can't have wine, can't have beer. Can't have wine, can't have beer. Okay. All right. Question number 11. Uh, what, what are we doing? Okay. A client undergoing chemotherapy has frequent episodes of diarrhea. The nurse is aware this is an expected side effect and should encourage which diet? Is it going to be a high protein, high calorie diet? B, a diet high in fresh fruits and vegetables? C, a diet emphasizing whole and organic foods? Or D, a bland, low fiber diet? Oh, this is kind of challenging because you have multiple issues going on. You have a patient who is having chemotherapy. And what are they experiencing because of that chemotherapy? And remember, we talked about diets. Diets are a treatment. They're part of a treatment plan. So you got to pick the diet that is going to be therapeutic for your patient. And so this is why I always say just doing practice questions alone is not helpful because you have to understand actually the whole concepts of diets. You have to have studied diets in general to understand why one is better than the other. And I can tell by people who are picking the wrong answer that you haven't actually taken the time to just look at diets as a whole. Okay. And those of you who have looked at, you did the diets video with me, you understand all of the major diets now. And you can say, mm, this one is better than the next one. So the correct answer for here, a lot of people are picking A. The correct answer for here is actually D. It's D, the bland diet, and the, it's also low fiber. So we're not going to give somebody, um, for we're not going to give somebody a, a high calorie, high protein diet, right? Who is having diarrhea. We're not going to give somebody a whole and organic foods diet. Those diets are typically high in fiber, right? And we don't want somebody with diarrhea having high fiber foods because that's just going to make them have even more diarrhea. Okay. And so we know with chemotherapy that upsets the GI tract. So we have to do the bland, low-fiber diet. Did you get that one right? All right, that one was tricky. That one was tricky. But these are the questions that literally people, when they don't understand why they failed NCLEX, it's because of questions like this. Because you can be so confident that it is A or that it is C, but the right answer is D. Yeah. All right. Let's try this one. The nurse is caring for a client with gout, 
which of the following dietary selections should the nurse include in the nutritional instructions? Okay, so which ones? Um, A, liver, B, sardines, C, tuna, D, macaroni and cheese, E, deer meat. doing good. You guys are doing good. Now, remember, after this, we will be going over the um, video that we did before this. So get ready for more challenging. This is the challenging part of the review section. So essentially, what I'm asking you for is what, what dietary selections is okay should the nurse choose in a patient who has gout? What's okay for them to eat? So I'm asking you here, do you understand gout and foods that they should avoid? All right. Okay. Correct answer. Oh, only thing good here is macaroni and cheese. It's just D. Hmm. That's it. So hope they like pasta. Hope they like macaroni and cheese. Everything else is full of purine, which we don't want. Okay. Full of purine which we don't want. A nurse is doing home health visit, doing a home health visit for a client with osteoporosis. The nurse should provide which dietary instruction? Okay. A, include dairy products in your planned meal. B, avoid seeds and nuts. C, fruits and vegetables will decrease the bone pain. D, avoid fish and shrimp. What are we going to say for our patient with osteoporosis? We are going to be safe nurses. We're working through this content. We actually covered a lot of information already. But there's still more to go. Still more to go. I got some good stuff. Correct answer is absolutely going to be A. A, 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 A. Include dairy products in your planned meal. Let's move on. Question number 14. The nurse, I'm sorry, the student nurse, the student nurse, is teaching the family of a client diagnosed with liver failure. She should instruct them to limit which food in the client's diet. A, cookies and cakes. B, meats and beans. C, potatoes and pasta. D, butters and dairy. I know, hold on, we talking about food, we looking at pictures of food, just tarry with me a little bit longer, okay? And then y'all can go eat all that good food you probably had yesterday, but just tarry with me, <laughs> all right? Talking about a patient with liver failure, what are we gonna say, pause, don't do that, don't eat that, don't do that. It is going to be Yes, B, and we are reinforcing this principle. 
because we want patients to avoid what? What did I say? The liver, the meat, the beans, they have protein in them. And then the protein breaks down because when protein cannot get out of the body, it turns into a poison. And so sometimes eating meat isn't the best for you, right? Because when that meat begins to break down and ferment, it increases somebody's ammonia level if they don't have good liver function, kidney function, all right? And so then, you, you know, it, it affects your mentation. It affects your body when you have too much ammonia. Great job. Great job. And question number 15, give it to me. The most appropriate diet for a patient with Meniere's disease. Ah, have you gone over this topic before? Okay. Meniere's disease, is it number one, a restriction in sodium? Two, a restriction in animal fat? D, restriction in protein? Or four, restriction in, it should say gluten, gluten there. Hey, if you have not gone over Meniere's disease, promise me. In the V2, it is on page. Where is Meniere's disease? Your spotlight. Ah, 73. Okay. You got to know Meniere's disease because it's a huge safety issue. Huge safety issue. Correct answer is going to be number one. Yes. Number one, low sodium, Meniere's syndrome, fluid overload. Get, get it. Get, get that. Get those notes taken for Meniere's syndrome. Just mark a big flag by it. Mark a big flag by it. You have not studied this. Okay, how do you do with that quick fact? Remember, with quick facts, one of the ways you can study this book is if you if you have the V2, then the V2 calendar will tell you when you're reading quick facts. And let me just show you this. Remember, you're doing the front of quick facts. So it will say uh, quick facts for next gen, pages one through 10. And then it will have you go in the back of the book. And at the same time, that same study session, allergies, analgesics, antibiotics, anticoagulants. And then again, quick facts pharmacology, quick facts a little bit from the front, a little bit from the back. Somebody asked, where can I find this calendar? If you have the V2, if you, um, let's just go to the beginning of the course, go to your file vault. Your file vault is the third tab. So you go to your file vault, and then you go to course resources. File vault, course resources. And then it will be in this file, daily study calendar. Daily study calendar. I know it's there. All right. So that's where you find it. Let's go to our workbook now. And we are going to do, is it time for orthopedics? No, challenge questions. All right, let's do the challenge questions for the video that we saw before, which I believe is basic care and comfort. Are you guys with me? Yeah, basic care and comfort. Now, this is the one that you want to get eight out of 10 correctly on this one. Okay, eight out of 10. So let's go into this one. First question is this. When bathing a client, this is question number one. When bathing a client, 
always start with which part of the body? I always start with which part of the body? Which part of the body that I say is important? Hey, um, if you want to get into my V2, go to remarnurse.com. Remarnurse.com. Today is the final day for the Black Friday event. So don't wait. Okay, please make this the time. Great job. Correct answer was the face. The face. Eight out of 10 here. This is question number two. What should the diabetic client avoid putting between their toes? What did I tell you? What should the diabetic diet avoid putting between their toes? Ah, did you listen during the lecture? You had to take notes on that. Perfect. I told you this one. You got it. Lotion. Yes. You remembered it. And I'm telling you guys, look at the difference. When you hear something, you guys remember it so much quicker than just reading it. All right. Children, two to eight years old, need how many hours of sleep? Children, two to eight years old. How many hours of sleep? Write it down. Make sure you got this one right. Let's say it you. Oh, I gave you a range. Yeah, I gave you a range. Don't just make up anything. Okay, two to eight years old, they need 10 to 14 hours. Yes, so don't slip on giving those babies their nap. They need them. They need their naps. 10 to 14 hours. Next question was this. Oh, oh, this is a really good one. So in dehydration, the patient will have tachycardia. I told you guys that. They will have tachycardia with dehydration. Will this be sinus tachycardia or ventricular tachycardia? This is number four. Go ahead. I know some of you are thinking like, hmm, I really don't, I'm not really sure. Sinus tachycardia or ventricular tachycardia? Pick one, I'm gonna give you the right answer and I'm gonna explain why. Very, <laughs> she says, I have no idea. I'm like, not even gonna front. I have no idea. Just guess, pick one. You may come to an NCLEX question that you really don't know. And so you're like, I gotta go with one. Okay. The cause is dehydration. And because the cause is dehydration, the answer will always be sinus, okay? Sinus tachycardia. So anything that is affecting the heart that is not a structural problem with the heart is going to be a sinus tachycardia. Ventricular tachycardia would be because the ventricles are not performing well. Like there's something that is causing the heart from the inside to have a tachycardia, all right? So this is just in general. This is something you should have learned in nursing school, but perhaps you missed it or the teacher, maybe the teacher didn't even know, I don't know. But when you have conditions like dehydration, fever, um, maybe you have an issue of um, 
what, what can I say? Uh, hyperglycemia or HHNK and the heart responds, it will be a sinus condition, right? It'll be a sinus tachycardia because it's not a problem with the heart. It's a problem for something else. Like you get scared, a bear comes in, you, your heart races. That's a sinus tachycardia. All right. I hope that, hope I'm, that makes sense. Okay. Anxiety. Yes. Anxiety, fear, those cause those type of issues. All right. You won't ever forget that. You're a Remar nurse. You know stuff. You just know stuff, right? Name a condition that can cause proteinuria. Anything. I don't care what it is. Just give me a condition that can cause proteinuria. Somebody says, I may have been absent that day. It's possible. I love that. I love that. I was probably absent that day. And they, they went over that. <laughs> it was No, it was because in nursing school, you have to read 20 chapters a week. And then, you know, you have a quiz on it. So you might have missed it that way. Uh, okay, name a condition that can cause proteinuria. Remember, you're never supposed to have protein in your urine. It's never supposed to be there. It's never okay that it's there. So some condition that can cause protein in the urine. I want see if you guys have the same thing that I have. I have mm, hypertension, uh, renal failure, preeclampsia, eclampsia. Yep, I saw some people with that. And then burns as well. Those are the ones that I could just think of off the top of my head. There's probably some more. But the major point is that you understand if you have protein in your urine, something's wrong. Something's going on. It's not normal. So consider that a point. Here's the next one. Ooh, what type of cells are seen in the urine if a patient has an infection? What type of cells are seen in the urine if the patient has an infection? Okay. And look, this, look how fun it is to study. Like, what kind of people are we that these are the questions that we're like ready to answer? Like, you know, normal, pe normal people do not sit around and talk about infections of the urine. But nurses, y'all are so excited about this. It's like, yes. This is my wheelhouse. <laughs> Correct answer is the type of cells, white blood cells. Yes, you have three different types of cells. You have three different types of cells that will show up on a, um, on a urine screening, right? Or a blood screening, a complete blood count. You got your what cells? You got your white blood cells, your red blood cells, and what else? What are the other ones? You got your platelets. Mm, 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 mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, I have the next winner too. I have the next $500 winner. The name has been given to me. So excited to read it. Hope you're here. Okay. Oh, here's the, okay, here's the next question. And go. A nurse is collecting a 24-hour urine. Which statement by the patient indicates an understanding of the procedure. Number one, I will start by saving the first urine I pass in the morning. Two, I should avoid drinking any fluids during the 24-hour collection period. Three, I will collect all the urine I pass during the day 
and night starting after the first morning void or four. I will refrigerate the first sample of the day and then keep the rest at room temperature. Which statement by the patient indicates an understanding? Means they got it, they know it. So in order for you to get this right, you have had to review the 24-hour urine collection. I see people getting it down to uh, one or three. Which one is it? Correct answer. I'm loving it. Good job. Safe nurses. Number three, I will collect all the urine I pass during the day and night. It's 24-hour urine, but it's starting after. Remember I said they have to void first and then throw it away. And then you start it. Okay. Yay. You're so, you guys are proud. I'm proud too. Here's another scenario. Let's see. A nurse is explaining the process of a 24 hour urine collection. She emphasizes the importance of proper collection techniques to ensure accurate results. Which of the following instructions should be included in her teaching? Number one, use any clean container for urine collection and transfer it to the provided container later. Two, keep the collected urine in a cool place or refrigerate it throughout the collection period. Three, if you accidentally miss collecting a urine sample, continue as usual and note the time missed. Or four, it is important to limit your physical activity during the 24-hour collection period. Let's begin. Let's begin with understanding. This is Black Friday. We got almost 2,000 nurses studying from all over the planet. This is a special day. This is a special time. And we're studying the most important stuff, which is the content. Yes. 24-hour urine collection, you guys are going to know this subject like the back of your hand. Two, you got to keep that urine in a cool place or refrigerated place, depending on where you are, right, during the collection period. Very good. Very good. Question number nine. Ooh, good. A patient is to receive a fecal occult blood screen. Which medication should they hold a week before the exam? Number one, iron. Two, aspirin. Three, vitamin B12. Or four, folic acid. Hmm, this is so good. Oh, hmm. And you know what I love about the NCLEX is that more than one answer can be right, but they're looking for the one that is NCLEX right. And this is the one that sometimes makes the exam so annoying. And the only way you pass it is because you you have been exposed to the right type of thinking, 
that's the missing factor sometimes. This is tricky. Yeah, this is tricky. I know, I know. That's why I put it on here. I'm looking for safe nurses, okay? But I'm also looking for nurses that can understand why the correct answer is the correct answer, okay? And the correct answer in this case, the priority is going to be the iron because iron can, we know iron can change the stool, okay? It can change the stool. It will work on the bowels. It will make you constipated. It will cause the stool to look differently, right? And so you won't be able to get what you're trying to get, which is the stool sample. Now, the aspirin, yes, a lot of y'all picked the aspirin because you said it's bleeding and we're looking for occult blood. And, you know, and so it's a possibility that the aspirin could make the patient bleed. So that was good. But with iron, we definitely know it is going to work on the stool. It is going to change the stool. Does that make sense? Oh, I hope we see it. <laughs> I hope we see that. It's a good question. It was just a good question. It was just a good question. So it is what it is, guys. When you see this on your NCLEX exam, you will know, ah, ah, ah. I learned this on Black Friday, 2023. It was a day I'll never forget. All right. Question number 10 is this. Oh, I love this one too. A nurse is caring for four patients. Everybody got diarrhea. Who should she see? First, a patient with diarrhea on a new medication. A patient with diarrhea and a fever. A patient with diarrhea and Crohn's disease. A patient with diarrhea and C. difficile. Ooh, who are we going to see first? Who are we going to see first? Give me the answer. Come on. This is, I love this. We're just, we're just getting better every day. That's all that's happening here. Anybody stopping by, wondering what we're doing? We're just hanging day after Thanksgiving. We are thankful for our knowledge. We're thankful for our minds. We're thankful for our education. Knowledge is the new money. I got the next winner who's going to win $500 because indeed knowledge is the new money. Here, who do we need to see first? Remember, with prioritization, airway, breathing, circulation only going to get you so far. After that, you got to just know this stuff. All right. When we're talking about priority, we're looking for somebody who has an abnormal assessment who's going to die first. Okay. So who is the priority patient here? It's very clear to me, the patient with diarrhea and a fever. Why do you have a fever, sir? Is the fever causing the diarrhea or the diarrhea causing the fever? What's going on? Okay. Everybody else, I may be expecting to have a little diarrhea. Okay. But persons on a new medication, new medications can cause GI upset. So you might have the diarrhea. And this is the thing. The NCLEX, the next gen, will give you, they'll give you the answer. Okay? 
New medication can cause diarrhea. Okay, cool. Patient with Crohn's disease, do they have diarrhea? Yeah, it's part of the disease process. So I'm, I'm expecting that. If my person, let me do this. You have a patient with C. difficile. Are you going to call the doctor and say, doctor, the patient with C. diff, guess what? They've had diarrhea all day. They've had diarrhea all day. Okay. No, you would never do that because with C. difficile, diarrhea is part of the disease process. So a person with C. diff and diarrhea is not going to have my alarms flying off the handle. But a lot of y'all pick number four because of why? Because of what? It's just because you don't understand the principles of prioritization in this instance when everybody has the same condition. So naturally, what the untrained nurse is going to do is go to the person who seems like they have the most serious condition. And C. difficile is a, is a serious condition, right? But it's not going to be the priority over somebody that has and two abnormal assessments. So we just gotta work it. And this is why, let me show you this. This is very important. This is why I see a lot of other nursing programs starting you guys off with prioritization. That's the first thing that they wanna teach you. But look here, in the V2, prioritization is literally one of the last things I talk about. Actually, it's dead last. Because in order to understand priority, you have to have learned all of this other stuff so that you can prioritize. And that includes everything in the QuickFacts book. Prioritization is the last thing that you learn. It's the last thing that you learn. So don't jump into a, a very complex subject if you haven't done the foundational work. We're doing the foundational work right now. Good job, everybody. All right, we are getting into the next part of the V2. I'm loving it, I'm loving it today. We're getting into the V2 and we're going to go to orthopedics. Now, I'm telling y'all right now, orthopedics is a very robust subject. So in the video, I go over cast, cane, crutches, walkers, and traction. So it will save you a lot of reading time, but you got to stay focused. Fill out this workbook. Oh, I can't go on to orthopedics without announcing the next winner. Whew. Okay, the next winner. $500 cash coming to you. Are you here? I'm gonna try to pronounce this. $500. Okay, okay, okay. Put it back on me. All right. $500 going to Bibichana Timsina. Okay. $500 going to Bibichana Timsina. Congratulations. $500 to you. This is our third winner of the hour. Woo, are you here? Tell me what you're going to do with that money. Tell me what you're going to do with it. Congratulations. Thank you for showing up. I have somebody else to bless. There's going to be another winner. Congratulations, Bibi Chana. Um, and I am also very excited to study with everybody who is taking advantage of Black Friday. This is the final Black Friday event. It's been going all week. So many nurses signed up today. They're getting the content lectures that we're doing. They're getting the next-gen question bank, two computer adaptive tests, $497 value for all of those things put together. But for this Black Friday session, 
we're doing uh, three months at $89 and then one month at $49. So pick whichever one, whichever one, either you're going to do the one month or the three months. All right. Let's see for the final giveaway. This is the message. This feels, this feels such like, um, I don't even know what, it, what, who does this where you get a message and you got to say, it was like the hunger games. What movie is this for the final task? Okay. For the final giveaway, this is what you got to do. You got to comment. I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX on our current cover header image on Facebook. Okay, so you got to go to Facebook and the image on Facebook, that is the page header, got to click on that, okay? And you got to put, I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX. Does everybody understand that? So when you go to Facebook, you click on the header image, which is like this one right here, okay? The header image, bam, click on that. I have my Wi-Fi cut off. So see cover photo. So let me just see, click on that. It'll pop up like that. And you just put comment. I'm gonna comment first so you guys can see it. You're putting, I look, somebody already did it. I can, I love it. The first person, we should just give it, the person that did it first. I can, I will, I must, all right, I must pass NCLEX. So if you see my comment, then you're in the right place. And we're looking for that person on Facebook, okay? So I see some people that are doing it. I see some people that are doing it, a lot of you guys. Okay, Team Remar, pick one of these people because they did it. They did it. They found it. I love it. Okay. All right, guys. Now we're going to get into orthopedics here. Lots of good information. Thank goodness you guys are showing up here today because this is going to save you loads of time, especially if you're an audiovisual learner. This is going to save you loads of time. So let me go here and find orthopedics right here with the cast. Let's go. Let's get into it, guys. Orthopedics, we are ready for you. We are back and we're getting ready to dive into an orthopedics overview. We're going to do a quick overview of Cass, Kane, Crutches, walkers, and then we're going to end with an advanced clinical topic. I really hope you guys appreciate our straight to the point method here at Remar Review. We don't want to waste your time with boring lectures, so let's get right into the information that you need. We are going to get started talking about canes, and for NCLEX, you have to know how clients are supposed to use their assistive devices. So let's begin. The cane moves with the bad leg, then the good leg follows. So it's the cane and the bad leg, and then the good leg by itself. Cane and bad leg, and then the good leg by itself. Cast care is also so important. 
Clients will get casts, and as the registered nurse, you have to know how you're supposed to handle the cast, but also when the client is discharged, the things that they need to do at home. So filling in our blanks, we use the palms of our hands to handle during the first 24 hours. So we're using the palms of our hands to handle casts. Now, let me ask you this. What would be the issue of holding a cast with your fingertips during the first 24 hours when the cast is still wet? What kind of issues will our patients have? Yes, okay. So if you're using if you're using your fingertips on a wet cast, then your fingers can actually leave indentation marks into that cast. And because it is constantly touching the skin, you can actually cause skin ulcers or skin breakdown where your fingertips were. So it's very important that we use the palms of our hands during the first 24 hours when a cast is wet. Also, do not get the cast wet, the exterior of the cast. We don't want that to be wet because that will compromise the integrity of the cast. What about scratching underneath the cast? You know, clients, when they have the cast on, underneath their skin gets really, really itchy and they will no doubt ask you, how do I scratch my skin? How do I get rid of this itch? What do we tell our patients? We need to tell them to use a blow dryer on cool setting, right? A blow dryer on cool setting because not only will this help relieve the itchingness, but it will also help to dry out the cast and then the client will feel better. Never, 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 if you're using a blow dryer, put it on a warm or a hot setting as of course this can burn the client's skin. Always remember to do neurovascular checks on your patient who has a cast on. Now, our emergency NCLEX topic to know for cast care is definitely compartment syndrome. Oh, this is an acute condition where essentially the cast has been applied too tightly. And so what happens is pressure increases inside the extremity. So pressure is building up inside of the limb and it stops the normal function of blood vessels, nerves, and tendons. So the circulation is really compromised with compartment syndrome. Usually compartment syndrome happens very quickly after a cast has been applied. So you look for it within a few hours, um, maybe up to 24 hours, but it, it takes place pretty quickly. We need to assess our client for the six Ps. Do you guys know what the six Ps are? Do you remember them from nursing school? Oh, we learned this day number three, I'm sure. The six Ps are number one, when a patient has on a cast, you need to assess them for pain. If the limb is painful, then that cast may be too tight for your patient. The second P is paresthesia. And paresthesia is a loss of sensation in the limb. So they may feel a little numbness, a little tingling. You need to monitor for that. 
Palar is number three. And with Palar, you will notice that the skin, it, it looks different. It's, a, it's like a shiny uh, skin. The color will be a little different. That is noticing the paler of the skin. Number four is paralysis. If you're assessing for paralysis and the client is having compartment syndrome or the cast is too tight, the client may be unable to move that affected limb. Pulselessness is number five. And to assess pulselessness, you want to look for the distal pulses underneath where the cast has been applied. And if your patient is having some circulation compromise, those distal pulses will be really hard to find. And the number six P is poikilothermia. Have you heard of that before? Poikilothermia is actually temperature control. And what you will notice with compartment syndrome is there will be a temperature imbalance where the injured leg or the affected leg is actually cooler than the unaffected leg. So those are your six P's for you to remember. Now, what do you do if you suspect that a client is experiencing compartment syndrome? Well, with compartment syndrome, that cast or any kind of restrictive bandages have to be removed immediately. Remember, if NCLEX asks you, with compartment syndrome, you don't want to elevate the extremity. You want to keep it below the level of the heart for the best circulation. Also, if a surgical decompression is needed, that's called a fasciotomy, all right? And that's an incision into that muscle compartment to relieve some of the pressure. Now, this is kind of an important question that I want to present to you guys. When we talk about compartment syndrome, why is the urine output so important to monitor? Why do we need to monitor urine output? Can you think of the answer? Well, let me tell you this. Whenever a muscle or tissue is damaged, the damaged muscle cells will be excreted where? Through the urine. So you will actually be able to see proteins in the urine during compartment syndrome. Now, this condition is called rhabdomyolysis. And it's important to know the definition of that because, as you can see, the renal system and the musculoskeletal system and all of the organs of the body, they really work together. And you want to have a great overview of how it all ties together before you take your NCLEX exam. Let's move on to crutches. Crutches are essential for clients who have been injured in one of their legs. So the measurements need to be done for a proper fit. You cannot just use any old crutches that are laying around the hospital. They have to be specifically measured for the patient. So the top of the crutch should be two inches below the armpits. The hand grips should be even with the hips. And these are all really important numbers to know because if the crutch is not fitted properly, then your patient won't be able to use it as an appropriate assistive device and they could fall or make their injury even worse. Now, before we close crutches, 
we have to talk about the gate that are associated with the crutch. If you've never heard of the term gate before, it just means the way that you walk. So, gait. There are a few that are important for NCLEX. You have the two-point, the three-point, the four-point, and the swing through. So what I want to do is define, define each one of these gates. So what's happening with the two-point gate? When a client uses a two-point gate, what they do is they use opposites. They use opposites. And I'm talking about an opposite crutch with an opposite foot in order to get to where they need to go. So you will see the client move the left crutch with the right foot and then the right crutch with the left foot. So this is called a two-point gait because there's two points that are moving at the same time. The two points are a crutch and a foot. So you have two points that are moving oppositely at the same time. Out of all of the gates, the three-point gate is the most popular for NCLEX. It's the easiest to identify if you get a picture of it because you will have three points touching the ground all the time. And the three points are two crutches and one foot. So what you see is the client moves the crutches and the weaker leg and then the stronger leg by itself. So the crutches and the weaker leg and then the stronger leg by itself. So that makes up the three-point gait. It is, it is really, really popular for amputations or if a client has a unilateral strain or fracture of the foot. So even on the picture that you're looking at right now, the lady with the crutches is in a three-point gait. So I hope you guys can identify that now and feel more comfortable. With the four-point gait, you always have to have weight bearing on both legs because with the four-point gait, each crutch in each foot is moving individually. So this is the slowest gait. You will notice that the client moves the left crutch, then the right foot, then they move the right crutch, and then follow with the left foot. So it is a very slow movement and you always have to be able to bear weight on both legs. The final gait is the swing through gait. It is really hard to do because essentially you have to move both crutches forward and not bear any weight on either foot at the same time. So you're literally swinging your body through the crutches, all right? So those are the gates that are tested on your NCLEX exam. Hey, we have to complete the stair walking with crutches education. And even though the topic says stair walking with crutches, you can also use the same principle for stair walking with a cane. The steps are the same, the education is the same. So when you're walking up the stairs or if you're walking down the stairs, you have to follow a certain direction. So let's start with up the stairs first. So when you're going up the stairs, you go up first with 
the good leg, then the bad leg with the crutches. So again, when you're going up the stairs, you start up first with the good leg and then you follow with the bad leg and the crutches. When you're going down the stairs, you go down first with the bad leg, with the crutches, and then follow with the good. So when you're going down the stairs, you go down first with the bad leg and the crutches, and then you follow with the good leg. So some people remember this by the saying, up with the good and down with the bad. It's up to you if you want to do that during your exam. All right. Let's talk about walkers. Walkers are another popular assistive device. But remember, when you're doing your education, we teach our clients, when you're on a walker, never try to use stairs or escalators. The elbows should be flexed to 20 to 30 degrees. And when you're ambulating, you step first with the bad leg then you follow with the good leg. Also, we teach our clients, do not pick walker up when walking. Sometimes you see your clients and they're literally carrying their walker around. We don't want them to do that. It needs to stay on the ground the entire time that they're walking. There are some artificial means of promoting circulation. And there are two appliances that we use on our patients that I want to review quickly. They are the thromboembolytic compression stockings and then the sequential compression devices. So we have the TED hose and the SEDs, as they're more popularly called. For both of these, number one, you need an order. A healthcare professional has to. A healthcare professional, they have to write an order in order for you to put these on. Even if a client says, I wear TED hose at home, can you put some on me here? We cannot do it without an order. So speaking about the thromboembolytic stockings, let's um, talk about them. You put them on while the client is in bed. You don't want the feet to be on the floor and then putting these stockings on. You want the feet to be elevated at the level of the heart so that when you put the stockings on, they actually help promote positive circulation. If we wait until the client gets out of bed and they're standing up or if they're sitting in a chair and we try to put these stockings on, because they're so tight, they will trap, they will trap um, the blood and all of the fluids down in the legs and it won't be able to return if the circulation is already compromised. So that's why we put them on in the bed. Also, there is a time length for how long clients should have these TED hose on. They should be on 12 hours and then taken off for 12 hours. So normally they are on during the day and off at night, all right? The SEDs, these are machines used to promote circulation. So you literally, you put the sleeves on the patient. And again, these are measured. These need to be measured 
for our patient, you put them on and the machine will actually massage the client's legs to promote circulation. So it's a very passive way to prevent DVTs. But we need to monitor our client for skin breakdown because this machine is putting pressure on the skin. We need to make sure that there is no compromising or ulcerations because of this process. And the best way to do that is to take the SEDs off and monitor the skin regularly. In general, clients who have compromised circulation, they are not allowed to A, cross their legs because crossing their legs cuts off circulation, B, sit for long periods of time, as when you sit for a long period of time, again, the circulation is compromised. And then lastly, C, put pillows behind the knees. This cuts off circulation as well, and NCLEX will like you to know that putting a pillow behind the knees, whether the client is in bed or sitting in the chair, is a no-no. So put a star by that one. Because NCLEX can say, your patient is lying comfortably in bed with a pillow behind their knees, and they're asking for water. Well, no, no, no. You have to identify the pillow behind the knees is not going to be appropriate. All right? Okay, so we have done an overview of cast, cane, crutches, and walkers. One of my favorite things about the registered nurse NCLEX review are the clinical topics, the clinical advanced topics that you normally don't get to learn about, don't get to hear about, but they're most certainly on your NCLEX exam. I love going over them with you guys, and I hope you appreciate that we take the time to do so because the more you know, the more confident you will be. So our advanced clinical topic for the orthopedic section is traction. Traction, traction, traction. It can be so confusing if you try to read through it in a book because there's so many different types of tractions and there's so many different types of names, but we're gonna make it really simple right now. Traction is a pulling force applied to limbs, bones, or tissues. And usually this is a corrective measurement to help a patient regain the normal function of a limb, a bone, or tissue. In general, there are two types of traction. Do you know what they are? They are skin and skeletal. They are skin and skeletal. So we're going to look at both classifications. Let's start with the skin traction. You know, the indications for skin traction are femoral fractions, dislocation of the hip, or low back pain. The traction, the force is applied over a large area. So when you think of uh, skin traction, don't think of a tiny spot or the arm. Think that the entire arm or the entire leg is going to feel this pulling force. And the way that the pulling force is completed is weights are used to exert a pulling force. So there will literally be weights attached to your patient. Now, the examples of skin traction that you see uh, when you're doing NCLEX preparation are Buck's traction, Russell's traction, 
and Bryant's traction. Those are the three major ones. Remember that Bryant's traction is reserved for children, usually under the age of four. When you think of traction using a skin method, remember that the heels should be free and uncovered, even though they're attached to the weights. And skin traction is usually reserved for up to four to six weeks, no longer than that. Now, skeletal traction, on the other hand, is a little bit more invasive. With skeletal traction, the indications for it are more complicated fractures, okay? So fractures of the hand, fractures of the femur where um, the bone has been broken into multiple parts. You wanna use a skeletal traction to assist this correction. With the skeletal traction, what makes it skeletal is that the actual bone is involved. So metal pins or wires are surgically applied directly to the bone, okay? For your registered nurse edification and knowledge, when the pins are applied surgically, they're always inserted from the lateral aspect of the bone to the medial. So the pen is gonna come from the outside going inward, all right? For skeletal traction, you, you want to avoid the knee joint. The, the knee joint, for some reason, is very, very prone to stiffness as an adverse effect when you insert pins or wires into it. Skeletal traction can damage the bones in children, right? Because as children's bones are growing, if there's a pen or a wire inserted, the bone will begin to grow around that pin or wire. And then when it's removed, there will still be um, an opening in that bone, which makes it prone to damage. Now, we need to notify the healthcare provider if these things are present with skeletal traction. All right. So, of course, signs of infection. There is a metal pin inserted into the body. So that is a place for bacteria to grow. That is a place for infection to take place. So we want to notify the healthcare provider if we see signs of infection. Also, if the client begins to complain of joint stiffness, that is something that we need to notify the healthcare provider about as well so that they can address it. Um, it is a complication of skeletal traction and they need to know about it. There are items that you need to have a successful traction experience. You got to know this. So A is a firm mattress. Your patient is going to be in bed for a long, long time. So we want to make sure that the mattress is supportive. There also needs to be an overhead frame because this will help your client to be able to move. C. Bars and ropes are going to be important. Bars, of course, to allow your patient to be able to move in bed. And then the ropes will help to stabilize the weight that is creating the pulling force on the limb or the muscle of your client. 
D, the final thing, is the trapeze. This is actually the triangular object that clients use to push themselves up, move themselves in bed. So if you think about how in the circus there's trapeze artists and they're swinging from an object, here you use the trapeze to help facilitate movement in the bed. Let me talk about the client's activity level, who is in traction, clients who have traction, they are able to sit up in bed and participate in quiet activities. So that will be your recommendation. They're able to sit up in bed and participate in quiet activities like reading a magazine, watching TV, things of that nature. When it comes to the actual traction application for registered nurses, we need to make sure that the weight bags are hanging freely. We don't want them on the floor or supported by the bed in any way. Also, if frayed ropes are present, they should be replaced. So if the ropes that are handling the weights, if they begin to tear or become frayed, they need to be replaced. We need to watch for compartment syndrome. That's the third thing. And four, constipation. And why would a patient be predisposed to constipation who was in traction? It is because they're immobile. They're not moving around. They're not walking. So they're in bed. Also, analgesic. Usually clients in traction have pain from an injury. So if they're getting pain medication, they're not moving around. They are going to be predisposed or prone to constipation. Okay, how do you feel about skin and skeletal traction? I hope you're feeling good because now is the time to critically think. We've studied the content. And so now you're able to do questions based off of what you know. So let's try some questions. Number one, a client was hit by a motor vehicle 12 hours ago and is being discharged with a plaster of Paris cast of the right leg. Which of the following statements need follow-up teaching? Number one, I will not scratch the skin under my cast. Two, I will use the palms of my hands to handle the cast for the next eight hours. Three, I will not get my leg cast wet during basin baths. Four, I will notify the healthcare provider if I feel numbness of my leg. So this question here, let me just break it down a little bit more. We have a client who was hit by a car 12 hours ago. They're being discharged with a cast and we are looking for the statement that needs follow-up teaching. Now, whenever you see follow-up teaching, you know that you're looking for the incorrect statement because follow-up teaching means you need to follow up and correct the teaching that was done because the patient doesn't understand it. So out of these four statements, which one is incorrect? Is it number one, I will not scratch the skin under my leg cast. Two, I will use the palms of my hands to handle the cast during the next eight hours. Three, I will not get my leg cast wet during basin baths. Or four, I will notify the healthcare provider if I feel numbness of my leg. The correct answer is 
number two. Number two is an incorrect statement because how long, how long do we need to be mindful of that cast because it's not completely dry? Here, it's only allowing for 20 hours of handling with the palms, but we need 24. So the client saying, I will use the palms of my hands to handle the cast for the next eight hours is not great, all right? Because we, we have a timestamp. The motor vehicle accident happened 12 hours ago. So they're being discharged pretty quickly. It has not been 24 hours even since the incident. So we know that the cast is not fully dry. All right, so number two is incorrect. Now, I don't mind if you get questions wrong here. I want you to get them wrong here because I want you to get them right when you actually take the exam. So you can get them wrong as long as you understand now while the right answer is the right answer. All right, let's look at number two. A nurse is caring for a client in skeletal traction. Which of the following are expected findings? Select all that apply, all that apply. So number one, redness and inflammation at the pen site. Two, purulent drainage at the pen site. Three, serous draining at the pen site. Four, chest pain due to immobilization. Or five, loosening of the pen with frequent moving. What are we expecting to find with skeletal traction? This is a select all that apply. What sayeth you guys? Do we expect to see redness and inflammation at the pen site? Purulent drainage at the pen site? Serous draining at the pen site? Chest pain due to immobilization or loosening of the pen with frequent movement? Well, the correct answer is only number three, serous drainage at the pen site. And serous drainage is just a clear, watery, plasma-type drainage. That's normal um, when you have an incision into the skin with skeletal traction. All of the other signs are complications, are not expected with the skeletal traction. Now, remember, for select all that applies, the NCLEX states that with select all that apply, one or more than one option can be correct. So you can have just one or you can have more than one. All right. Let's try another one. Number three, a nurse is caring for a client with signs of acute compartment syndrome. The client is reporting numbness and tingling in the left lower extremity. What is the priority action of the registered nurse? Okay, this is this is it right here. Here we go. Number 1, notify the healthcare provider. 2, obtain baseline vital signs. 3, assess respiratory status. Or 4, assess pedal pulses. Which is the first or priority action of this registered nurse? What do you think? 
Okay, if a client is showing signs of acute compartment syndrome, they're saying that they have numbness and tingling in the leg, I'm the registered nurse, I need to do number four, assess pedal pulses because that is another sign of compartment syndrome and I need more information. I need to do an assessment. Some of you guys may have picked number one, notify the healthcare provider. But let me tell you this, when you call the doctor and you say, Mr. Johnson is saying that he has numbness and tingling in his left lower extremity, I think it might be compartment syndrome. What is that healthcare provider gonna ask you? They're gonna ask you, what are the pulses like? Did you check the pulses? And you're gonna have to say, no, I didn't check the pulses, I just called you. Hold on, let me go check the pulses. And how is that healthcare provider gonna be? They're gonna be pretty upset that you called them without the appropriate information. So for the registered nurse, you understand that you have to evaluate, you have to assess the client to get more information, all right? So that concludes our orthopedics overview. I hope you guys feel more comfortable, more confident. We did it. Let's move on to another exciting topic that will help us be more prepared for NCLEX. Remember guys, you can, you will, you must pass NCLEX. time you're you're buying back your time that's what's happening you can see the time that can you guys hear me you can hear me yes 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 okay um so what you see is that you're buying back your time yes you can hear me no you can't hear me yes you can hear me okay you can okay Whew, i was gonna say <laughs> don't get to the end okay um no but what, what you can see is what we're doing is we're buying back that time, all the time that it usually takes you to read through a subject or I don't know, get it from somewhere else. During this last study session, about a thousand nursing students decided to join the V2. They decided to take an opportunity for this uh, sale so that tomorrow they can continue what we've been doing today so that they have a plan tomorrow. I'm telling you, when you have a plan, you can get tasks accomplished so much quicker. So whatever you have been doing before, if you're in a comfort zone, if you need to get your nursing license and you have not been doing this content, then doing questions, and then doing the, the computer adaptive exams, this is what that process looks like. This is what that process looks like. And I keep putting this in your face because I want you to see, okay, I have that. I have the content review, check. I do the next-gen question banks, check. I have the computer adaptive test, check. I have everything. This is the price that it typically costs. People will spend a lot, a lot of money preparing for the NCLEX exam. But with Black Friday, the benefit that we have is that we get to do a crazy sale to bring more people in, more people in. I, I love it. Somebody said, I've never studied this long before. <laughs> Hold your horses. Hold your horses, because when you're doing it this way, it doesn't feel like you are studying. It feels like you are preparing for your nursing career. It almost feels like you're a nurse already and you're being mentally challenged to do the work, right? 
So what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to prepare for your nursing career with things that actually, with things that actually will make you a safe and better nurse and help you get that, that nursing license quicker. All right. So we're getting ready for your nursing career today, but then tomorrow there's a work that has to be done. Yes, I can. I will. I must. That was the phrase of the day. So orthopedics, check that off your list. And again, guys, what's special about today, when I talk about preparing for your nursing career, when I go to the V2, we've already done about 30% of my program today. Like if you just showed up for class today, you've done a bulk of the course already. And literally when you get into it, you'll be able to say, okay, I've already done this entire row. So you can start with pregnancy and then you just have to pick up the things that we, we have not done, all right? And so if you feel like I didn't know what I was gonna do before, I have a test date coming up, then guess what? This is your plan, your course of action. Now, I'm going to do the review questions based off of orthopedics because part of the process is when you watch these videos, then at the end of it, you're testing your knowledge, okay? You're testing your knowledge of what you just done. So, hey, <laughs> how will we ever pay you back for breaking it down so well? I love that question. Um, the way you pay back me, Mark, Team Remar is you tell somebody else about Remar. You bring somebody into the nursing profession with you. That is how we effectively reduce the nursing shortage. You have to bring somebody else into the nursing profession. And so um, helping them get their license is the best way to do it, guys. So I'm expecting that of you. That's what I'm expecting. Now, let's go into the questions for orthopedics. Oh my goodness. This gets me. <laughs> I paid $500 for a program with no content. This V2 is worth it. I enjoy every penny I paid for it. Uh, that just that just literally made my entire weekend. That just literally made my entire weekend. Man, I want you guys to see the difference because so many uh, Remar nurses, when they started, they were right where you are. They were right where you are. And they didn't know the difference between content and whatever else. Okay. Whew. First question. I love that. That just made my day, y'all. <laughs> Here's the first question. Orthopedics. If a patient has left-sided weakness, which cane, oh, sorry, which hand should hold the cane? If a patient has left side weakness, this is, this is one of the things right here. Which hand should hold the cane? Safety. Okay, put this down. I think you guys got this principle very well, very good from what I'm seeing. The right hand, the right hand, the strong right hand. Okay. Now, next question, question number two, I'm rolling. If a patient has right side weakness, which leg should the cane move with? 
<laughs> okay. If the patient has right side weakness, which leg should the cane move with? Mm. Loving it, loving it. And these are those little safety nuances that I explained that I know you guys have now. But you have to you have to be able to demonstrate your competency on your NCLEX exam. Okay. So if a right side, okay, right side weakness, remember the cane moves with the bad leg. So the right leg, these are the teaching principles that you have to know. The cane moves with the bad leg, and then the good leg follows. Okay. So you should be able to look at a person. This is what I do when I'm at places, if I'm at the mall or if I'm at the grocery store, I people watch. And I say, uh, oh, I can tell this person's not using their cane right. This lady's not using her walker right. It's making me nervous, right? This is what nurses do. You guys do that? You see people using their walkers and their crutches wrong all the time. And you're like, got to have the blues. Got to have the blues. <laughs> Question number three. How many finger widths should be between the crutch and the armpit? How many finger widths should be between the crutch and the armpit? I have my winner. I have my next winner here. The name has been submitted. How many finger, finger widths? Okay. All right. It is two to three. Two to three. Two to three. Moving on. Four, which is most appropriate for an L? Elderly, is it a cane or is it crutches? What do you guys say? Osteoarthritis of the leg. Is it cane or is it crutches? We are holding on. We are holding on. Trying to get this content in. It's the holiday season, but we are eating this content. We're eating it. Okay. Great job, everybody. Correct answer is the cane. No doubt is the cane. All right, how about this? Which is most appropriate for a client who has a fracture of the right foot? A cane or crutches? Which is most appropriate, okay, for a client who has a fracture of the right foot? Are we gonna put them on a cane or crutches? Somebody said the content is eating me. <laughs> so much is consuming me. No, 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 no. We're going to chunk it out. Chunk it out. Chunk it out. All right. You guys are doing good. You guys are doing good. I got you in one place. That's all that matters. You're here now. Correct answer. Crutches. You fractured the foot. You don't want to put weight on it. And so the crutches are going to help you to do that. Yeah. Question number six, we're going to 10. I'm looking for the safe nurses here. Okay, 
What should the nurse monitor for when assessing the pin sites of skeletal traction? What should the nurse monitor for when assessing the pin sites of skeletal traction? What are we going to be worried about? Yes, because remember, there's a difference between skin and skeletal traction. And you guys know that now. So when we talk about skeletal traction, NCLEX is going to love to know if you know the difference between the two. Most people don't. Most nursing students, I'm going to keep it real, they don't know the difference. You guys know with skeletal traction, you need to look for signs of infection, signs of infection, all right, at the pin sites. Mm -hmm. Seven, when a client has skin traction, the weights should hang freely touching the floor. Is that true or is that false? When a client has skin tractions, the weights should hang freely touching the floor. True or false? I love it. I love it. I love it. When you know the content, you can't be fooled. When you know content, this is what I want you guys to understand. When you know this information, it doesn't matter how you're asked. It doesn't matter if it's a case study, a select all that apply, fill in the blank, the audio doesn't matter. You know it. So for this example, the correct answer is false because the weights, they should hang freely, but they should not touch the floor. That's the problem. And so you're not distracted by the distractor. The distractor was hang freely. Okay. Hang freely is partially the truth, but not the whole truth. And we want the whole truth, nothing but the truth. V2. All right, eight. Oh, this is good. Which health complication is most likely to occur in a patient with skeletal traction? Number one, pressure ulcers. Two, constipation. Three, pneumonia. Or four, contractures. Contractures. Which health complication is most likely to occur in a patient with skeletal traction? And remember, with NCLEX, you have a lot of these. A lot of these are going to be right. But what's most right? What's the most, most, most important thing? Okay. Most likely. Think about the... Mm, let me just be quiet and let you think. Okay, I can't hold it no more. The correct answer, pressure, pressure ulcers. Let me go back too fast. Pressure ulcers because of the immobility, okay? And so that is why we have to definitely make sure that the patient, if they're in traction and they're not moving, you have to make sure that you are monitoring their skin, that you are monitoring their skin very important that that happens, okay? And that is what NCLEX is going to 
make sure that you understand because pressure ulcers are what? They are preventable. They are totally preventable. So really there is no excuse for a patient who is getting 24-hour care by skilled and licensed healthcare providers, nurses, to have a pressure ulcer. There's no excuse for it, right? And then a lot of times, health insurances won't pay hospitals for the treatment of pressure ulcers because the patient should never have had one in the first place. So it's very important, okay? It's very important that that is understood. Let's go. Tight bandages or strenuous exercise on a muscle can cause compartment syndrome. True or false? What do we say? Tight bandages or strenuous exercise on a muscle can cause compartment syndrome. Is that true or is that false? Think about what compartment syndrome is, how a patient gets it, and go. True or false? Got it. Yeah. I believe how well you guys are doing today. It's the synergy. Synergy. True. Tight casts, bandages, strenuous exercise can increase the pressure in a muscle. And so compartment syndrome can be caused by anything that is increasing pressure in a muscle. And so you guys see, um, we, we usually talk about it in nursing with casts, compartment syndrome from casts, but also people who do weight training, people who are like bodybuilders and you see them and they are working out intensely, lifting a lot of weights, their, their muscles can actually explode because they are putting so much weight on those muscles that their biceps or their triceps will actually just tear. They'll split. Very painful, right? And so we have to remember um, who is at risk for certain conditions. Okay. When applying thromboembolytic compression stockings, it is harmless to have small wrinkles in the stockings as long as the stockings remain dry. Is this true or is this false? When applying thromboembolytic compression stockings, is it harmless to have small, it is harmless to have small wrinkles. It's okay. It's harmless to have small wrinkles in the stockings as long as the stockings remain dry. True or false? What do you say? We have been studying. We have been getting down on this content in a way that I have not ever, this is, I, I'm, we, we do Black Friday every year, but it's never been like this before. It's never been like this before. Such a great feeling. I love that. Erlinda says, false is my final answer. <laughs> She's making a declaration in her mind. I like that. Correct answer. You are right. False is the final answer. There should be no wrinkles in the 
compression uh, stockings. There should be no wrinkles in the compression stockings. So were you a safe nurse? Did you meet the goal of safety? Safety is eight out of 10. I like to use this benchmarker because at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be able to have a, you have to be able to have a goal. All right. If you don't have a goal, then it, again, you'll, you'll muddle around and you won't be sure if you know what you're supposed to know. Lots of nine out of tens that I see here. Well, guys, let me do this. Let me give the next winner. I, you hear, I didn't say the final winner. I said the next winner. Why didn't I say the final winner? Why didn't I say the final winner? <laughs> next winner is, Ma um, am I saying this right? Are you here? Manolin, Manolin Smith. Manolin Smith commented, are you here? Commented on the Facebook header. I can, I will, and I must pass NCLEX. So Manolin Smith, from the Facebook, guess what? You won $500 cash app. Email me, support at remarreview.com. Are you here, Manolin? If you're here, let me know what you're gonna do. We've had four winners. We had Simone Butler. We had Lily Liliana Davis. We had um, Bibi Chana Timsina, and now Manolin Smith. All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to just take like two minutes and do a flash. <laughs> two minutes, do a flash question and answer session about the V2. Really quickly, any questions that you have about this system, this course that you don't understand or you need to understand before moving on, because like I said, tomorrow you will need a plan on what you are supposed to do. All right. You need a plan, but we got to act now so that tomorrow you'll know. All right. And remember, you're just preparing for your nursing career. Everything that you're doing today is going to help you become a better nurse. Get there quicker. Get there quicker. Yes, I, I can. I will. I must pass NCLEX. Mrs. I'm here. Questions. Um. I love this. Maybe it says, hey, I have not won any cash prizes, but I won lots of content for the NCLEX. Thank you, Regina. Yes. Uh, congratulations to all the winners. Yes, good job. Okay, so here's a good question. Can we purchase the system now, but start in February? Will, will it expire? So absolutely great question. You can purchase the system now. If you go to remarnurse.com and then go to delay your start date and you will be able to delay your start date for 90 days. And I think that puts you at the end of February almost. So right around my birthday time. So go ahead and do that. All right. At checkout. Yeah, you have to do that at checkout. All right. Um, the question bank is kind of confusing. Please clarify that. Sure. Let's go into the V2. So as a part of your V2, you get the lectures that you guys have been watching all day. When you go to the question bank portion of V2, you click on question bank. It will come up all of the questions in the V2. You got over 2,000 questions. If you go to create a test, this is how you create your case studies, your next-gen question, or your basic questions. You go in, you name the test. You can pick from a tutored a test or a computer adaptive a test. Mm -hmm. 
And then you just go through it and say you want to do a tutor test. So you want the answer after every option. All right. You can pick that. You can choose the difficulty level. Do you want easy, moderate, or hard questions? Say you want to do the medium. I just want medium. And then you get to choose the subjects that you want. Do you want case studies? Do you want critical care, math, safe, effective environment? This is where you do that. You just check what you want to do. And then, of course, you pick the number, how many questions you want, and if you want it timed or untimed, you do it right here. So sometimes students ask me, where do I find my computer adaptive exams? You find it right in the question bank portion, okay? So I'm just going to show you how to do that. And then it's really simple. You just go to create a test. The V2 will create your test for you, and then it will kick out that test that you wanted. I put I wanted case studies, so it's giving me the case studies that I want and you're able to do this case studies right here. You'll have your six questions that will take you through the clinical judgment measurement model. Question bank, of course, is very important for you to have, but again, after you do the content. If you follow the study calendar, you will be able to um, create all the questions that you want. All right, um, ba, ba, ba. what else? Okay, lots of questions came through. Okay, I need it for three weeks. Only need it for three weeks. So if I purchase a month and cancel subscription, I will only have it a month. Yes, that's what you would do. So if you purchase it and you only want the 30 days for $49, when you purchase it that same day, go in there. Let me show you where to go to. If you go to um, settings and then you go to my account, you can cancel it. So it won't bill you as a subscription because you only want it for the one month. So that's something that you guys have to think of. You only want it for the one month, go in there, purchase it, and then cancel your subscription. Make sense? Okay. Um, yes, the questions are hard. Uh, yes, but the more you do them, you will get used to them. Yeah. Has anyone purchased and passed since the new rollout of the next-gen test? Yes. So we actually put our testimony in the V2 of people who've passed next-gen NCLEX. So if you go to courses and you go to success stories, these are everybody who has passed using the V2. So you can go watch those videos. There are different people who pass as repeat test takers, all those things, all right? And so they're there. We, we actually released this course um, before the next gen. And so everybody who comes on here and passes, they all have taken next gen NCLEX. Can I upgrade to the three month if we have the 30 day, but not started yet? No, I don't think you can upgrade. I thought you had to try. If you have the trial, you can upgrade to that. But if you pick the 30 days, then, then that's what you have originally purchased. That's what your system will have for you. Okay. Does that make sense? What about additional CAT if we delayed start date? I was checking last night and I don't see anything. Can we avail the additional CAT right away or do we need to wait? So I think you would need to wait until your system is active in order for you to buy the additional CAT exams, okay? These are great questions. If they have it already, just for anybody that has Oh, it. yeah. For anybody that has the V2 and you want the CAT exams, because the CAT exams are, uh, they're $9 right now for the, re for the rest of today. If you go to the question bank, okay, if you go to the question bank 
and you go to create a test where you have your CAD exams, it'll say get more CAD exams and you can purchase the CAD exams for the Black Friday price where it says here. Okay. Yes. Um, I know somebody asked about how am I billed afterwards? So with V2, remember, it's like a membership platform. It's a subscription platform. So when you purchase it for one month, and you activate it and you're using it, if you don't cancel, you will automatically be billed for the next month and it'll be $50 per month. So that's why the Black Friday price is so incredible because you get three months for $89 right now. But just make sure you go in and you cancel your subscription if you don't want the monthly billing. Easy to do when I get more serious about content. Okay, um, can we can we repeat the questions from the question bank? Yes, you can repeat the questions from the question bank. You can do them as many times as you want. If I'm currently using the trial, how do I sign up for V2? If you're currently using the trial, when you enter your trial, there's a big red banner that says Black Friday, buy now. If you click on that banner, it will take you to purchase your V2 for the Black Friday price. Once that banner goes away, then everything is going to go back to the regular price, guys. So I would definitely try to move into trying to get the V2 now before. Like if you guys are trying to get it now, don't let, you know, tomorrow and the next day go by because you have like a blocker. Just get it and then we'll try to work around it. CAT exams are not, yeah, CAT exams are $9.99. Um, this is motivating. I need to sign up. I've been frozen in fear. D this is, okay? I'm telling you, we had Nurse Tashawn come on. She purchased the V2 during Black Friday and last year, and she was able to pass it. So if you, are, if you recognize I'm kind of stuck here, like in this weird place of not having a license, but knowing I need to take the test, Use this as an opportunity. Um, use this as an opportunity to get to the next level. Get to the next level. Because I, I feel like this. You're buying things anyway during this holiday season. You're buying toys for your kids. You're buying air fryers and Uggs and all these other things. Buy something that is going to literally help move your family in a different place. And that is your education, right? Your nursing license. Your nursing license will do more for you than any TV um that is being sold today i actually i actually heard that people make lower quality stuff just to sell on black friday so like tvs and things like that the lower quality ones are the ones that people sell and it's just like man that's really messed up but what <laughs> that's really messed up because people don't ask questions like is this a good quality tv they just look at the price and they just buy it so definitely consider your nursing license um, please, uh, ha I have the quick facts. How much for the 90 days? Perfect. So if you already have this book, a lot of you already have this book right here. It's even lower. Like if you have this book already and you don't need the quick facts, then you can get the, yeah, you get $39 for the one month or $79. Ex exactly. Yep. All right. And so this is the time, like I said, $39, you're really not, you're, you're not losing anything. You get an entire system, content plus question bank for $39. All right. And then, so like, if you don't do it today, then tomorrow it goes back up to the regular price. 
where it's like $89 for one month. And you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. Um, how many times can you delay your start date? Up to 90 days, just one time. How many CAT exams come with the V2? Two CAT exams. Can, can we cancel the subscription after purchasing the V2, even if you delay the start date? So I think you, I don't, you, have, to, you have to enter into the system to do that, I believe. So if you have the system on hold, then you don't have access to the system. Right. Yes, exactly. How do you order the V2 workbook? Okay. So you go to the V, you go to remarnurse.com. Let me show you. Let me see if I can show you really quickly. How do you order the V2 workbook by itself? Thank you so much. Let me go here so you guys can see. Okay. Let me show you how to order real quick. Remarnurse.com. All right, so this is the flash sale that you see. If you go to physical books, oh, you go to scroll down? Oh, well, if you go to scroll down, if you go all the way down, you'll see the books here. So if you just want quick facts, if you just want this workbook for 15, this is where you get it from. Quick facts for teas. Okay, and then you can also see first shift as well. All right, and so this is it. This is how you get it right there. Okay, guys, we don't have a lot of time. Um, so I'll just go to also showing you how to get the course. If you're an RN or a PN, if you go to remarnurse.com, you just click on one of them. If you're a PN, and then you can go to getting right into it. Okay, 39 or 49. Just say you want the 39. Click on it. And then here. This is where your course is. If you don't need the quick facts book because you already have it, just put it in the trash can. You don't you don't need the quick facts book. Put it in the trash can. That's how you get the even dis deeper discount. And yes, you can buy it if you're in the UK or we do international shipping. Also, if you want to change your start date, say you need the quick facts, you might need it. And you can also get the physical workbook. It's just $15. If you need to change your start date, you want to delay it, you click down here. And then see when you do that, it opens up the calendar. So, and you can go all the way up into February. Okay, perfect. And that's how you do it. All right. So this Black Friday deal is for people who have new accounts. So if you have an existing account and you want the three months or you want the one month, you will have to have another new account to get this Black Friday deal. All right. I can't merge accounts in that way. So consider it. I do think it's worth it because, like I said, we have not done three months for eighty nine dollars in a long time in like over a year. And I promise you, I'm be very transparent. We will not be doing this again. OK, so we have RN and we have PN, RN and have PN courses. If you want to ask me something specific about your account, please go to support at remarreview.com, support at remarreview.com. And then I can take some time and look at your individual account. But right now, um, 
if it's something really particular about your your subscription or your course or study, that's the best way for us to look at everything that we need. Okay. Yes. If you start a new account with the Black Friday pricing, you will be starting from the beginning of the program. So that means that you will start with pregnancy. You will start with pregnancy. Somebody says, I'm testing in December. Is it possible for me to finish? It is possible. Um, I've had people do my program in a week. Follow the study calendar. Like you guys saw today, the videos are short. They're to the point. So if you are studying consistently, you can get through those videos. You can do some case studies. You can be ready. Quick facts, though. You need to have both. All right. You need to have both. All right. All right, guys. So I know that we have the content portion for Black Friday. We're filling out this Black Friday workbook today. But you guys know my advice when it comes to the length of time for studying. I don't play that. I don't ever think that, you know, you should study for five, six, seven hours a day. That's never me. So what we're going to do is we are going to take a pause for the cause because this class was just supposed to be from 12 to 4, 12 to 4. The book, somebody is, when are the books going out? The books are going out in the order that you ordered them. So everybody that ordered on Monday, their books are going out on Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll get shipping. Today is Friday. So today is the biggest day. So if you order today, please give me time, uh, like maybe four or five days. That's what we're saying. Four or five days for the quick fact. It'll go out Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, we'll okay. All right. So yeah, this is, you know, this is, this is what it is. But remember, you can still go into your V2 and start watching those video lectures, print out your downloadable workbooks. I test December 5th. Should I reschedule? Um, well, I would say if you know you have not been doing the work that we've been doing today, if you know your studying hasn't been like that, haven't been looking at content and then doing questions, maybe you've just been doing questions or doing it passively, this was uh, probably a, a reflection point for you. Give yourself more time. It is much better to move a test date than to go into the exam knowing I could have did more. All right, because it's very expensive to take the NCLEX. It's $200, maybe even more every time you take it. So do yourself a favor and do yourself a favor and go ahead and move that test date and then do the V2, okay? Do the V2. And so again, um, people are asking me where to order at, where to go again. Okay, I'll show them. All right, so again, if you go to remarnurse.com, I do want to talk about the, the med surge book because I see somebody ask me about that really quickly. I'm just going to remarnurse.com. The med surge book is also available. This is Quick Facts for Nursing School. Okay. Uh, Quick Facts for Nursing School. This is for nursing students who need to have like a year or so more in and nursing school left. It's a med surge book plus pharmacology book. Okay. Med surge book plus pharmacology book. So this is quick facts for nursing school. I would say if you have a year or so left, then this is the book for you. Okay. This is the book for you. Can I purchase only the question bank? Can I purchase only the question bank? No. Whenever you get V2, you're going to get everything that goes along with it. Okay. They're going to get everything that goes along with it. So 
with the V2, you're getting the you're getting quick facts, content lectures, and again for $49. Some people just sell the Q Bank for that price, but I'm giving you everything for that price. How do I use quick facts with V2? Really simple. If you remember the study calendar, okay? The study calendar in the file vault of V2 is going to tell you when you're going to watch a video, when you're going to have the, the quick fact study session, and then when you're going to go into the question bank. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somebody says, will there be another review like this? So what I'm going to do is I know we have the rest of our workbook to fill out, but we have some really important things and I want Mark to be able to come on here as well. So what we're going to do is if you have V2, you can actually go ahead in there and finish out the rest of this workbook, okay? If you have V2, you can go ahead and finish out the rest of this workbook because the content is there. It's already in there waiting for you. That's another thing about V2. It's not like you got to show up for classes or anything. Yes, these deals, when Black Friday is over, all of the prices will revert back to what they once were. So for the rest of the workbook, we have just a few more sections that we have to do. Antibiotics and medication administration. I'm going to do those Monday when I come on at noon. For those of you who don't have V2, um, I will be doing these on Monday, okay? And those will be the last two that I will do. Everybody else, get in the V2, finish these before Monday, okay? And then you'll be, you'll be going over. If we have been slacking, do you suggest starting V2 from the beginning? Um, yeah, I do. Go ahead and do it again. It's there for you. Consistency is key, okay? Consistency is key. So if you know you've been slacking, this has been your wake up call. I need to get on it. This is what I need to do. I'm not alone. I have help. Then go ahead and do what you need to do. Because honestly, the worst thing I think that can happen besides missing this price for V2 is still needing to prepare for NCLEX anyways. You're still, you're going to take the exam anyways. So just take advantage of this opportunity to have what you need. Next Next year, next Thanksgiving, I don't want to be talking to you when you could have had your nursing license by now. But sometimes opportunities don't come by again. So you may not see me again. You may not hear me again. So the last thing I'll say is do what you need to do in order to not be in this situation next year. Okay? Do what you need to do. Whatever that looks like for you. Have a plan. Have a plan, all right? All right, you're getting ready for your nursing career, guys. Again, this is Black Friday. This is Black Friday. I love it. I love when they call it that. We keep it like that all year round around here, all right? So want to make sure that you have what you need to have in order to get what you need to get, all right, guys? Blessings, blessings to everybody. Hey, you know what? I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you at the door at the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's Black Friday. We work, we've been working so hard for this opportunity. So what else? How do you think it's going? How do you think class went? I know you've been watching in the backgrounds. We had the winners and the Remar nurses. I love it. She said, definitely my wake up call. I love it. I love it. So hopefully this class was uh, a wake up call. Um, if so. you didn't know it, um, 
starting off, you know it now that the purpose for the Black Friday review was to show students how to prepare for NCLEX yeah. next gen by studying the content and not just yeah. doing questions, yeah. but being able to focus on like what's really significant for the exam. True. And so That's what I love do. about it is like you just opened up the V2 and gave kind of like a backdoor access or all access pass to see like what it's like on the inside to say, hey, this is what you can do. Yeah. Now it's up to you guys to make a choice and decision to say, this is better than what I have been doing, or I think I want to, you know, just go a different route or whatever. And so Definitely. the choice is really, you know, it's, it's up to you. Um, she's presented an amazing class and just want to thank you all for attending and sharing and liking uh, and just kind of pushing the mission of Remar forward, just to let students know that even though they've been struggling, mm -hmm. that they can, they will, and they must pass NCLEX. They know it. Absolutely. You have to know that. You have to know that with God, it's possible. And so mm -hmm. that's what we truly believe. Um, and so thank you guys for all of the questions that you've uh, asked and just, you know, telling people about Remar uh, Review and Professor Regina. Thank you. And so thank we're just you. so honored to um, to be here today. Yeah. And so as she said, she's going to continue um, finish the rest of the content that was in the workbook. Yeah, we're going to do it because right? you guys know I, I believe in <clears throat> taking breaks after studying for so long. Yeah. So in the program, you won't ever study longer than three hours. Yeah. And so that's going to be on uh, Monday at 12. Monday at noon. We go live. Monday motivation. All right. But yeah. guys, remember though, even though she's finishing the rest of the content Monday at noon, the sale ends tonight at midnight. Guys. Uh, so you want to make sure that you go ahead and lock in. You do. Black I'm Friday. trying to tell them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to tell them. I'm, I'm trying, trying to tell them. All right. So listen, also, we also have uh, just a real quick word of uh, spiritual development, spiritual devotion. Uh, to share with you. Oh I look like you through. You want to share just a little bit more information? No, I just, just love little, it. No, no, no. Class today was amazing. Like it really was. And it went by so fast. I literally, it, it just seemed like we just started studying. And I don't know about you guys, but like literally if I was doing anything else, I can't even sit and watch a movie for two. I look at you. I always oh, ask yeah. you yeah, yeah. whenever we watch a movie, what's my first question? How, How long, long is this thing? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. long is this thing? Cause I play like my time is so valuable but literally this class today it felt like we it felt like we just started like it really do and i can't believe it's four hours that we've been literally studying it's just it's just blowing my mind because it doesn't feel like that. absolutely so, i mean it's just so valuable to fun. share your time you know share, our, <laughs> share your time with us uh and for regina to share her time with you all just as a part of the remar nurse family mm -hmm. guys this is just an extension of thanksgiving yes thanksgiving uh, we're just so, so grateful true. uh for you guys to be part of the remar nurse family all right, so guys, here is the word for today. I'm not going to delay. I'm going to get right into it right now. Okay. Um, also, if you need prayer, just go ahead and put pray for me in the comments. Put pray for me in the chat, and we will see that, and we'll close uh, at the end with prayer as mm -hmm. well. But go ahead and write that. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me um, while I share this word with you. So I'm, I'm sitting down there. Uh, mm -hmm. I hadn't eaten anything all day because we've just been in the Black Friday mode of getting things together with the uh, with the emails and responses yeah, and messages nice and, yeah. and just been getting things together, right? Yeah. Behind the scenes, monitoring the chat and the comments and the banners and everything. And so I didn't uh, put off eating, right, until uh, probably just about 20, 30 minutes ago. Um, and so you got a really amazing fruit platter yesterday. We didn't touch it. Yeah. I had all the, you know, all the, the fixings on yesterday with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, but today was like, Let's take a light day. Yes. Let's, you know, pull back from all the yes. fattiness and all the cheeses yes. and all the goodness and whatnot mm -hmm. and just do something light because it's, you know, better for our for our bodies. Right. For sure. Um, so I got into the fruit and as I'm I'm digging into my fruit bowl, got a little dip and everything like that. 
I get a text uh, from you mm-hmm. talking about some, I'm wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Yep. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you wrapping it up? Yeah. Like, it's it's 2.30, it's 2.45, and you mean you're going to close this thing out? Mm-hmm. She said, I'm looking at the students. You know, the numbers are getting a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like they're, they're, they're fading off just a little bit, so yeah. I'm going to go ahead and close this thing on out. Mm-hmm. And the thought that instantly came to me um, is that sometimes, you know, we often are unsuccessful at things yeah. or, you know, delay our success because we feel like we have more time. Mm. Like, we feel like we have more time than what than what you really do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in, in life, we allow the feeling of time or the illusion of time to keep us from doing things that are very, very important to us. Um, in fact, if you guys are with the Remarners family and you're rocking with us, you know that uh, on last week, uh, we suffered a, 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 a huge loss in the family uh, of, of, a, of an uncle. Uh, who was very near and dear to uh, to both of us. And uh, it was an all of a sudden type thing. And the thing that you know kind of sticks with you is like, man, you feel like you have more time than what you really do. And then once you come once you're confronted with the with the actual time aspect, you say, well, you know what? If I had known the time was short, I would have done this differently or I would have made a phone call or I would have you know, mm-hmm. uh, reached out a little bit sooner. I would have taken action yeah. a little bit sooner. Definitely. But we just feel that we instinctively have, you know, all of eternity or more time on things. And so when Regina sent the text, like, yo, I'm wrapping this thing up, the first thing came to my mind is, wow. Like, this is what Jesus talks about. Oh. This is what, like, this is what Christ talks about. Um, I don't want to get deep or anything like that. Just really surface for the second. Um, but if you look at the book of Revelations, um, Christ, he says in the in, in Revelations chapter three, he says, behold, I come quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. At the beginning of the book, like chapter three, he says he's introducing himself. He's introducing the churches. And then he says, behold, I come quickly in chapter three. And then you go to chapter four and five and six and seven, all the way to chapter 20. And then he says it again. Behold, I come quickly. And then in chapter 22, he says it again, behold, I come quickly. And so one of the key messages of Christ that he's revealing to you today and to his church uh, is that you don't have the time that you think that you have. Is that you don't have the time that you think that you have. And if you were to think that you had more time, the danger of thinking that you have more time. So he says, he says, he says this, he says in Revelation chapter three. In verse 11, he says, behold, I come quickly, hold fast to that which you have, that no one takes your crown from you. I'm coming quickly, hold fast to what you have, so no one takes your crown from you. And so what happens is when you think you have more time, you tend to lose sight of things. Like you tend to lose sight of what is important in life. You tend to lose sight of what really matters. Like relationships, the people, the things that God has blessed you with, like the goal, like your, your nursing dreams, right? God has given this thing to you, but you feel like, all right, I have time. I, I, I'm going to put it off so I can take this other job. Yeah, I have time. I'm going to I'm put it off um, because, you know, it, it's coming up in, in six months. So I don't need to prepare now because I still have what? I still have time. And, and the, the message is simply this, is that you think you have more time than what you have, 
and it has caused you to put off what is really important. But if you understand that this is your time, right? Like from the beginning of the book, Christ is saying, I will come quickly. All the way to the end, he's saying, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have and don't lose sight. Like hold tight to me and don't lose me. Like hold fast to what I've given you. Mm -hmm. Don't let the illusion of time allow you to slip into complacency. Mm. So on today with this, uh, with this event, um, we've brought those things to the forefront of your mind, right? And some of you are now still thinking, well, I have time. Okay. And now I know this okay. is this is how we think, because like Regina said, we do the Black Friday review uh, and sale every single year. This just happens to be the biggest uh, sale in terms of discount that we've ever done. Yeah. But what always happens is that the last day and the last hour, mm-hmm. right? The last few hours, the last day, is always the highest because we are naturally procrastinators. True. Right? Yeah. You've been procrastinating on doing what you need to do. And so what I'm trying to encourage you to do is to hold fast to your dream, stay fast of what has been given to you today in this hour and understand that your time is now and that you don't have as much time as you think you have. And so because the longer you wait, the more that the desire is going away from you, the more that the sense of urgency and significance and importance is going away from you. And so that's why Christ said, like, hold fast to what you have so that nobody takes your crown from you. Yeah. Now, he's speaking of your salvation. He's speaking of uh, of your relationship, you know, and, and so you have to hold fast to those things so that it's not taken, removed from you. And so the message is simply that, is that you don't have the time that you think you have. You know what's important you know what's valuable, um, act now. And it might even be the relationship that you need to mend, that you need to fix, that family member that you need to call, right? That you need to say, you know, I love you or apologize or ask for forgiveness or say, hey, it's okay, or provide forgiveness, right? You don't have the time that you think you have. And so I just wanna encourage you in the spirit to act now with a godly passion and so that you can have your steps ordered by the Lord. Because mm-hmm. he's giving you impulses, he's giving you discernment, he's giving you understanding. Right. And the longer you push those things off, the more you push those things off, the softer and softer and softer the voice gets until you don't hear it at all. Wow. And so we have time to this as a reminder. That's good. That if you hear his voice, harder not your heart. And so you said you were at the door Are you looking for me. He says, I'm knocking. Yeah. Just let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Oh my goodness. So, that's the word, guys. That's the that word. word. That is Whew. the word. On behalf of all the Remar nurses, Mark, I'm gonna give you a big hug. Oh. We gonna hold on to Mark. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Listen, listen. Because <laughs> we need a word like that. Man, yeah. And I need a word. Like, you know, I'm the king of procrastination. I know. Procrastination yeah, yeah, is a it, yeah. oh, it's so, a tough one. But the thing I love though is what? that when it comes to the word, I don't procrastinate. Like it's like, Glory that's, that's why we told you. Here it is. This is what you <laughs> give. And so it has been served. All it right. Served. God bless you all. Oh, We're going to pray. Yes. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray. Lots of people said they need prayer. Let's Absolutely. just hold on to that word. I love that. I love that because I never noticed that before. Jesus is always saying, I'm coming quickly. Mm-hmm. And we like, man, it's taking a long time. We feel like we have so much time. <laughs> no. But then you lose people, mm-hmm. you know, in your life or you lose opportunities and then you it sobers you up. Yeah, it sobers you up. Yeah. So we can't afford to be lukewarm. And you know what that's telling me is that 
he's saying I'm coming quickly and he continues to say that, that means that it's at the front of his mind. Right. Like he, he, he hasn't he lost hasn't, sight right. of that. It's right there. So for us, it might feel like forever. For him, it's like right now. Wow. It's like right now. Yeah. All right. Let's pray, guys. Okay. Let's pray. Uh, Father in heaven, we thank you for um, just the revelation of the word that um, some of us are failing, Lord, and not hearing your voice or not being obedient to you because of procrastination. Thank you, In other words, you, we heard what you said, but we didn't do what you would have us to do. Um, so I ask that you would give us the power, the strength uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, to take decisive actions and just to be obedient to you. Um, whether, Lord, it's uh, investing in nursing, whether it's paying tithes, whether it's mending relationships, whether it's reaching um, souls for your kingdom, help us to be obedient, Lord, to your word, to your will and to your way, because we know that your way is the best way. Um, help us to not procrastinate, to not uh, allow doubt, allow fear, uh, allow anxiety to put us in a holding pattern, but allow, Lord, by your power of your spirit that we can move forward, that the nurses can move forward. Um, in spirit and in truth and in power uh, to claim, Lord, that which you have already set aside for them. So we thank you for your promises. We thank you for uh, your commitment, Lord, to the uh, to the community. Thank you, Help Lord. us to be committed to you, uh, even as you are committed to us. We love you, Lord, and just thank you so much. Be with the nurses that are testing soon. Be with those that uh, feel that they have more time and allow them to realize that their time is now and uh, in doing so that they would take action uh, to walk in the way that you would have them to go. Help us we just thank you, Lord, and ask that you would bless their households, their children, Lord, their parents, their family members, that they would be uh, a blessing and an influence for your kingdom as they prosper. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us the yeah. day after Thanksgiving, um, taking time away from your family in order to go over something very important to you, which is your nursing license. Um, I hope you have a wonderful and blessed career. But in this season, I am so happy that you are part of the family. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you again. This was a wonderful class. Thank you, Team Remar. <laughs> I salute y'all working hard in the background. As always, Another Black Friday has been served, guys. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everybody. Happy holidays. I will see you guys on Monday. I will see you on Monday noon. We're going to finish the workbook, and we're going to be ready for the next thing. It may be your test day, but whatever it is, remember this. Say it with me, guys. You can. You will. You must pass in class. Like with, with God, God is possible. possible. Absolutely. Bye, everybody.